Greetings, Commanders. I'm Stephen Benedetti, one of the community managers on Elite Dangerous, and you're listening to... Uh, sorry, I totally, I totally missed that. <laughs> Good morning. I say that because it's morning in the best time zone, Texas, and this is Loose Screws. I'm your host, Ty Worsham, and with me are my two co-pilots, Community Manager, Commander Kai Zinn. How's it going there, bud? I'm great, but I just need to let you know with regards to if it's not Scottish, it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> I also got a sound engineer, JN Trax. How's it going there, bud? Good morning, good evening, whatever, wherever you may be. <laughs> Time zones, be they good or bad. Texas wins. Um, our guest today is community manager for Elite Dangerous, karaoke king, and very possibly Scottish Batman, Mr. Stephen Benedetti. How's it going there, man? Oh, absolutely fantastic. That's the best introduction I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> the, weather, the weather's doing fine here. It's the afternoon, but I'm, I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be on. Fantastic. So my first question is, What's what's for dinner tonight, man? Um, well, tonight, tonight, unfortunately, because uh, I'm in England, I can't get all of my amazing Scottish foods that I, I like to speak about so much normally. Um, but tonight, tonight, I've just made myself some soup. Um, but I do miss myself some of the the stuff that I can get back home. Mm, good stuff. Like the what is that that called the the little Scottish thing where they do the takeout box, the little lunch box where it's like a box of just fried stuff. Uh, so we call that a munchie box uh, back home. <laughs> back home, <we laughs> a munchie box is basically if you're sitting with all your friends, and sometimes if you're sitting by yourself, but then uh, but feel a bit lonely and want to pretend you had friends, you would phone a munchie box, which is filled with like doner kebab meat, chips, uh, chicken. Uh, it would have like. Depending where you went, you would get like different stuff in it, but it normally would just be grease in a box. <laughs> so that was, we, we wanted to ask that question right off the bat for all of your frequent uh, stream fans, because we know that they demand to know what's for lunch and dinner uh, right away. Do you know, it's so funny because whenever we were doing the, the Monday live streams, it was uh, the whole idea behind those live streams is just a kind of chat. It's like, hey guys, we want to get to know you. We're going to play some of the game and that's that next thing. And a lot of the time it was before lunch, so we would just end up talking about foods, which we're not allowed to do anymore because we're like, no, it needs to be more focused on the game and on the community. Um, but those those were some of the best conversations. No pineapple on pizza. I got to explain to the world what a pizza crunch was, which I don't know if you guys know what that one is. It beats me. So it's basically pizza that's deep fried in batter. <gasps> So, oh my God! They don't do that already riders. in Texas. <laughs> this is, I have is, found the Holy Grail, and it is in, <laughs> is in Scotland. <laughs> well, so we we deep fry most things. We've got deep fried Mars bar. We do deep fried haggis. We do deep fried um, burgers as well. Actually, you can get like a burger that's been deep fried. We basically just anything you want, we can deep fry it for you. So basically, what you're saying is Scottish cuisine has era when it based on dares into the area of uh, it's all fried all the time. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yes, yes. And I like the Scottish accent, but you're doing well. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. All right, I'm going to bail out of that one, though, before myself and country as a whole. So, uh, all right, let's, let's move it along here. <clears throat> all right, at the very beginning, Stephen, 
We're going to hold your feet to the fire. We're going to make you answer three questions on the three hot topics in the elite dangerous community. And we're not letting you go until you have answered. Are you ready, sir? I I am prepared. (laughs) All right. The first question is going to be on the subject of Raxla. The second question is going to be on fleet carriers. And the third is on the new era. So here we go. Number one, how do you spell Raxla? Uh, R-E-D-A-C-T-E-D. Correct, sir. Number two, what is the name of your fleet carrier going to be? Um, it has to be the Flying Scotsman. I mean, why could do anything else? The Flying Scotsman. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. What, and what number the three, Flying Scotsman. Yes, mm. the Flying Scotsman. The Flying Scotsman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> better. Flying Okay, we've got that. Level up. That's legit. That's legit. All right. And number three, the new era. Uh, is it awesome? It is probably one of, going to be one of the most awesome things that uh, that's ever ever came out. I'm so excited for it. Okay, so now that we've got those three things out of the way, we can all relax and we can just talk as regular human beings. This is going to be new for you because with this, people literally are just listening from the beginning. So you don't have to start every like 30 seconds to three minutes restart with the uh, statement of... Uh, I can't really talk about that right now because people keep asking the same questions that you just answered 15 times. I sometimes wake up in the night and I just go, oh, we'll have to say for this right now, but I'll, uh, I'll let you know. <clears throat> yeah, it's when that bleeds into your personal life, that'll be, you know, like, honey, do we have any plans for this weekend? I have nothing to say about that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, nothing to say about that. Is that a no? I'll tell you in the future. <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your background and whatnot. I know you have you have a, a degree in game design, right? Yeah, that's correct. So um, I originally, uh, years and years ago, I was playing Halo with my friends. And, and what I really enjoyed was the kind of social element that I got with that. And as time went on, I went and started with 3D product design. I'm even I'm a qualified sound engineer. And I was lucky enough to go to a Kid. place... Yeah, yeah, but I, I just, I, I think I'm very picky. I don't know what it is. I like to try everything. Um, I grew up and I was really into music. Fun fact, I've got a bright pink bass tattooed on my leg because that was my first guitar. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's interesting. But um, but yeah, I ended up going to this university called Aberty University, which is one of the, um, basically, it's just... It's like one of the best universities, and I would say in Glasgow, sorry, in Scotland, because it's in Dundee for for game design. And I went up there to do audio for multimedia, and I ended up just falling in love with the idea of designing the game and how it worked. And I was really, I was really annoying. The the lecturer was like, um, "So here's a here's a background. It's a it's a medieval game, and you uh, you have to go and collect audio for it." And I was put my hand up, and I was like, "What type of game is it?" And he goes, "It doesn't matter." And I was like, what kind of story is it? And he's like, doesn't matter. I was like, what kind of gameplay mechanics do you use? And he's like, it doesn't matter. It's a a medieval game. Go and get the sounds of medieval stuff. So I went up to him and I just said that I'm not, I think I'm more interested in the design of the game and everything else. Um, Went and spoke to the head of um, GDPM, which is Game Design Production Management. Uh, told them my experience with sound engineering, product design and everything. And he was like, what year do you want to get into? And I was like, well, I'm in third year just now, so can I get into third year? And he went, yeah, sure. 
and that was it. And then I ended up going off to be a game director um, for a, it was a project with the Danish Film School. And uh, we did this thing called Story Worlds, which was really cool. So I was there for, I was in Copenhagen for six months, came back and then I, um, and then I, I ended up having one more year, did an honours year. So I basically got an honours degree and I was only at university for six months, like actually in the building, six months. <laughs> oh, wow. Right so, on. Yeah, so it was good. And then after that, I spent two years struggling to get into the games industry like most people do. Finally got my lucky break at um, a company called Blaze and Griffin, which um, does games, films, and post-production. And they're most known for the ship and the ship remastered. That was the ones that they worked on. Um, so I worked on a couple of titles from there for, uh, from, on that. Started in QA, then I got into marketing. And then after two years, things with the company were... We're going okay, but I, I kind of knew that I was doing maternity cover and it was coming to an end. So I applied for the job at uh, Frontier Developments because I, uh, like I said, I've studied history. I'm actually looking at my book collection right now and I've got, uh, it's right above me, it's, I've got Joystick Nation, Replay, the history of video games. Um, I've got this, uh, this Gaming Life. These are all great games if you want to know about gaming history and even like all your bases mm. belong to us and Game Over. These are all amazing books <laughs> about the video game history. And um, obviously, so from that and from playing Elite um, a couple of years ago, I knew how substantial uh, the original leap was to things like Sims and uh, the history behind it all. And it was a company that I was, would really like to work for. So mm. I applied for the community manager job and, and I was fortunate enough to, to get it. So yeah, that's and that's that's where that's about the history of me. Well, when you when you do that, you have to start. Off, you have to do that with the right voice. You have to say all your bases are belong to us. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all your bases are belong to us. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if I snip that out. I want to throw that randomly into the show from now on. We're making a soundboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can my mood all the time. That's not. So yeah, so so that's that's kind of how I got into it, got into the games industry, and then how I uh, my passion kind of came about for games. Good stuff. I remember that game, the ship. Uh, we my one of the first games that my wife and I played together. Actually, that's so interesting. I was like, what? What? It's one of those games you start playing, and the concept's really cool, and you're like, what is going on here? I think, yeah, I think my favorite moment about that game is the fact that you could actually throw the weapons so you would uh-huh. just you would just wait around the corner for somebody and you would just throw like at the what was it had uh like if you had the sword or the gun or something if you had a bullet you just hit them in the face with the weapon i would think that throwing a sword would be more more effective um it does have its it does have its best throwing any object it does hurt them mm. very cool very cool all right so tell us a about how you started with Frontier Development and the fun times that you've had at FDEV. Yeah, well, I've actually got a really... Uh, I've only been there... How long was that? I started back in July. So I've not even been there for a year. So I'd say about eight months, eight, eight, nine months I've been there. And I was really fun. I was talking about this the other day. I was, I was in my interview and um, obviously, now as a community manager, what you need to, to do is also kind of... Um, your, your, your main focus is obviously to deal with being the bridge between the community and the development team and, and working with both of them so that they both can, can work together to really work for this game, especially with, a, with an MMO. So I was, in, I was in an interview and 
as we all know, Zach Antonacci was there with, with Will Flanagan and they said to me, it was a brilliant interview question, was if we gave you all the money in the world, all the money in the world with no limitations, uh, what we, uh, what would you do um, for an event if we were if we were coming up with a new update? And I kind of, I, I panicked ever so slightly because I knew what to say, but I was like, this needs to be really good, right? This needs to be really good. Yeah. Uh, and I said, I just went, spaceship. And they went, what? I, went, um, I would get, you know those, um, you know those planes that go up until like zero gravity mm. uh, and then like kind of drop down? I'd have the game set up in one of them. Um, and then I would have everybody playing the game in zero gravity to make it feel <laughs> like they were space. <laughs> And he was like, this sounds crazy. And he says, what about people who can't? I says, oh, we'd stream it. And then we'd, we'd get them to fly over like a football stadium and have everybody able to watch them from the football stadium as they fly over. And he was he was in stitches. He was absolutely, he was just in stitches. And Will was like, well, I need to ask HR. They might not be okay <laughs> with that. And as I left, I, I genuinely thought I hadn't got the job. I thought I had, I thought that by saying that, because I knew that I'd panicked, I thought that was it. <clears throat> no, that's, that's it. I'm done. I was like, this, I've ruined it for myself. <laughs> and yet, here you and are. Yet, yeah, and then I got the phone call and, and, and that was that was amazing. So that was the first kind of crazy, crazy <clears throat> moment where I released a bit of the madness that is that is the Benedetti was was saying that I would have spaceship stuff. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. I don't want anybody to go, oh, we're going to get on ships and fly out. Um, but that, that was kind of my <laughs> So for um, the record, for the mm-hmm. record, uh, I've done that, and it, so it's called the vomit comet. Oh, and yeah. uh, the way that you achieve that zero g feel is by going very, very high, and then putting the plane into a nosedive, sort of going straight down, and you lose uh, you you lose altitude so fast that you have the appearance of of weightlessness. I'm not sure I would recommend. If they give you every all the amount of money in the world, <laughs> taking a very large plane and putting it in a nosedive aimed right at a coliseum full of people. Just, <laughs> I think there may be some HR issues that would arise from that. Listen, it might be a PR success. It might be a PR nightmare. Either or, everybody's over. <laughs> that's one of those no no news is, is uh, bad. No press is bad press. I, exactly. I think that might be the exception. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that was it that was it but obviously I think that the, the fact that I had this crazy idea and I was very going they, they kind of they, they enjoyed the charm uh, they, they, I think they knew that I was just panicking but I think they enjoyed that I kind of as soon as I said it I committed you know I, I didn't come back and go no no uh, never never mind that I just I just wait <laughs> well I mean I'm sure that d- during the course of an hour or two hour long interview there were tons of other questions and there were they looked at all of your credentials or whatever but then something like that is just like hey let's get crazy let's see and just the spark of imagination and the fact that you were like all right big balls let's go for it yeah <laughs> being exactly. fun off the cuff you know is important for the job that you're signing up for makes well, sense that- to me a hundred percent, a hundred percent. All right. So tell us some of your sort of, uh, the, I know, you know, it's been less than a year, but it's been, it's a lot in that, in that year. Tell us some of the highlights of your, your time. Um, so, I mean, I'd say, um, work wise, so I'll, I'll try and categorize up different situations. I think work-wise I've got to work with some really awesome people, like even the, the people on the kind of planet team. 
they're really, really nice people to work with. Uh, and learning a lot more about how 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 much this game has an effect on people and the passion that the people that I work with have for it. I mean, some people uh, some people played the game for a long time. Some people have been here for like seven seven plus years. You know. Um, and just the fact that you know working with these amazing people has been a massive highlight for my career because it's it's awesome to to go through all of that those five years of trying to get a job and be in an actual industry which is uh, being a, for a company sorry that's doing quite well so it's it's really nice to be a part of that and I think I think I I was able to go to Fantasticon um, last year that was definitely a highlight because I got to meet some commanders like. Uh, uh, I mean, Scorpius, I met um, Pla- uh, Platter, uh, Plater. Sorry. <laughs> Every time. You, say his, you said his name <laughs> perfectly when you did the stream with him, and then every time after that, it's, it's great. Uh, it's one of those things. I do it every time. I, I said it on the stream. It's like, Opiti Plat and Opiti Poo. And my ex, my, 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 my old partner, she was French, and she used to get annoyed at me so much. And it was because one time I said it wrong. And I know it's I know it's platter. It's not platter. Platter is like a food platter. But every time I go platter, platter, I go platter. That's right. And I got to meet absolutely cracking, cracking people. I got to meet um to to um a trade you as well. Like I met so many lovely people there. That was that was just a really fun experience. Um, nice. but obviously a bit disappointed this year that ECM and um another couple of events, obviously for the right reasons, have have had to to be delayed or, or changed about um, but actually the funnest part of my job is, is doing things like this like going on these recordings and having uh, having whenever I get to have like certain commanders on like we had the, the bar pits on um, for one of our streams that's probably one of the, the one of my favourite streams they, they were like well, our son loves you guys and we were like is he about and it's like yeah so bring him through and we'll say hi and they were like, you're joking. And I was like, no, they're not, not a problem <laughs> at all. We just said hi and told them that he was to get back to his, his homework and stuff like that. And they were like, you've made his day so happy. And we're like, the, the thing is for us, obviously we are here to represent the game and, and, and represent you for, for, for like the development side, like all you guys. But the amount of like love and uh, care that we get from the community and the fact that like like when I came on here it was, it was, I'm really I'm super excited to be on this podcast but you guys were saying that you were excited to have me and everything and I'm like it's a kind of it's a sense of wow of like it's not a big deal we've been here I'm, I, I love to come on these things so probably those are those are the big highlights for me is, is whenever I get to speak to speak to any commanders that come and do some of our streams or or when I actually get to meet you guys and when I get to come on to things like this these are these are my highlights from working Mm. Now, you've hit on the fact that, you know, going through some interesting times right now with regard mm. to uh, the, you know, ECM 20 is currently delayed. But I want to make it very clear to everyone who's listening. ECM 20 is still happening on the days that it was originally scheduled, but it is transitioning to a virtual ECM 20. So they are going to do the guys, the crazy guys that we love over at Hutton are setting up a virtual ECM. So it's going to be a stream of Palooza of get-togethers and events. You can check for everything on the Hutton Discord. They're going to have different streams. They're going to have people doing tabletop games with online components. They're going to have all kinds of stuff. They refuse to be stopped on the day of the event. 
But as you said, they, for safety concerns, have had to postpone the face-to-face version of the meet until an undisclosed time in the future when everything sort of settles down and it's safe to do it. Um, Can you tell us, I know um, Frontier Development released two statements in the last week. The first was that everything is going to continue uh, sort of as scheduled. There's no, there's no delays or pushbacks on anything as of yet, but that you will let us know and that the team at Frontier is currently working from home. The second uh, notice was or announcement was that, uh, unfortunately, because of the situation, as of now, uh, the streams are sort of on hold. Live streams, the twice a week live streams are on hold that you know watch this space because there will be announcements and stuff happening can you talk a bit about that yeah so um so like you said right now the the big concern that we have is the sort of company of we announced it was 500 employees is, is the safety of everybody there and the safety for 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 us is as much as there's a bunch of us that still want to go into work but we're, we're really not allowed at this stage um so because of that, the safety of the company has um, the guys, like all of our people, on, on a big shout out to the tech and site and, and HR and everybody who who works on those those parts have been phenomenal. Like we we were we were sent home to work from home, and we've got laptops, and they're still making sure that we're able to access everything. It's still secure um, to make sure that we can all do our work from home, um, and then. There are certain things like if we have to come in and do something. Um, so, for instance, this week, um, this week we've been predominantly working from home and we still have access to everything. And we are trying to keep each other sane um, by constantly in communications and kind of make sure it's okay and everybody's getting stuff through done. And I think uh, one of the guys in the work even came up with like a hangout and we've all been swapping like if we've not already got each other on um, PlayStation or Xbox or PC we've, we've all tried to communicate with that so the, the effect that it does have on us is obviously it takes a, a lot of time for us to get home and get set up and get everything sorted but the team that we work for are fantastic we're constantly communicating constantly adapting and we don't expect any delays to any of the the, the current plans that we have in place but obviously it's dependable on what happens in the government and how they're going to handle this issue. And then if people are getting sick as well. So we just wanted to make sure that we know this. And the point of that communication was everybody knows this is happening. We might have to make some changes, but if anything happens, we're going to let you guys know as soon as possible. Um, so for instance, like we said with the live streams, uh, Thursday live stream was cancelled because even though we're not on 100% lockdown yet, um, if the UK government decides that we're not allowed to leave our houses unless we're going for like, I think it, I think the next stage for us is because they've closed all the pubs and, and restaurants and uh, cafes. Um, I almost cried last night because the pubs are all closed. Um, <laughs> but because because of that, uh, we, we're trying not to take any chances and we're trying to create any backups. So if next week, for instance, or the week after happens and we're not living in offices at all or to leave our houses, we can't do any live streams. Um, but we are, uh, the community team especially, and obviously the, the, the whole marketing and, and, and publishing side of things, we are, we're looking into alternatives. Um, may that be doing some events, um, 
with like with us like going into people's streams with with you know um we even obviously looked at can, can we stream it from home we've looked at different things like that and we are looking into the best possible way because we we feel like this time is really important as a community uh, and as as a people is to kind of stick together and keep keep everybody um and understanding and, and towards a, a similar mindset of being safe and, and being secure and not over panicking so when it comes to the live streams right now we don't plan on going into the office to do like our, our Monday lunchtime one or to do our Thursday night one um, just through safety of our staff. But if it turns out that we're still okay to do stuff um, in certain ways or different ways, we're definitely looking into all of that. Can I make a suggestion? Of course, we'd love suggestions. So while you're not doing your regular live streams right now, I would like to suggest that you do some cheeky little pop-ins in a couple of streams. Mm -hmm. uh, I would like to suggest, uh, there's a streamer, you probably have never heard of her, uh, Artemis? Oh, we've heard of that. Oh, and ah, yeah, she's, yeah. She's, 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 uh, I think she's just new. Yeah, she is new, but I, I think she's going places. So I would I check out. Yeah. I yeah. would check out that one. I would think that, you know, I mean, I know that she's probably not going to be friendly at all to the game or whatever, but you, no. you might be able to talk her into it. If you approach it slowly. <coughs> yeah, build up a rapport, you know, you got to get to know her a little. But, uh, don't so, you seem so like you're trying to get something out of her right away. Yeah. No, no, we don't want to, we don't want to seem like we're just <clears throat> using her. You know? So if, if anybody's confused at home, Artemis is Paige. So, uh, and we all love Paige. So yeah, yeah, I would suggest, you know, maybe in the next week or two, if you pop into Artemis or Plater stream, maybe hit up Rusty Dog for one of his Sunday streams or. Well, yeah, this is exactly the kind of things that we are looking into. So on the days that we normally have streams are, are, mm. are around that time, we want to kind of be a bit more more present at this time so these are definitely things that we are we're looking into and, and all suggestions from the community like i've had people like i've said this on streams as well like um if any people have great ideas that they want to show off or if they have any groups they want to show off or any events like the more that we can shout about what you guys are doing the the, the, the happier we are as a community manager because that's that's a really important part of our job is highlighting everything that kind of goes on and like we said we're just because we're not doing the the exactly going into the office and actually streaming the game ourselves because we can't um we do still plan on doing things like like we said go, like i think it's a great idea to to get page on um i don't know i don't know the only concern that i have with page's channel right now is is when we were on stream together and in work there was only a level of abuse she was allowed to give me um <laughs> so, so i feel like if i go on her channel I'll, I'll have to prepare myself for the work well you know if if need be and you need to fall back i would strongly suggest that you visit a, a breakfast club the burr pit does a breakfast stream on thursday morning so that could be fun that would be awesome only yeah, yeah. for that right on all mm. right so uh <clears throat> yeah, so those are those are some suggestions. I know uh, Trax had a question. He wanted to ask yeah. you about the day to day stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we'd love to know, like, kind of what's 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 it like in a, a typical day in your job. We, we just got talking about how things are not typical right now, but like, what what is what is it like? You know, you turn up on Monday and. Like what? How do you lay out the week? Like what? What goes on as a community manager when you're thinking about how you're interacting with people and like planning on if you have an announcement, if you don't, uh, 
just this this whole kind of thing. Like it's it's very interesting. Like well, this is the face of the company that we see all the time, and I kind of want to know like what's it like through your eyes. Yeah, well, so it's actually obviously. Um, so let's take let's take a hypothetical one. So so we'll yeah. we'll say we'll say that there is. Um, there's always stuff going on. So we'll go hypothetically. I wake up in the morning, I have a wee cry because I've read the, the comments from the night before. No, I'm joking. Uh, no, I wake up in the morning. <laughs> I, I get I get to work. Um, and as soon as, soon as, as soon as you kind of get in, into work, you're kind of aware, obviously, the things have happened amongst the weekends because you've checked out on Friday. So a lot of the time we'll be, uh, I'll be looking through certain things um, like the forums, uh, social media, uh, we'll just be checking that there's there's nothing on fire, nobody's panicking, or there's no unanswered questions, and we'll make sure that um, like moderators are okay. We'll check those chats and just make sure nothing's nothing's broken down over the weekend. Um, once we do that, it then depends uh, on what we're what we're working on. Uh, so, say for instance, if there if there was an update, so back with uh, like the September update, I would be working on. Uh, the key messaging that would be going out to the forums. So um, when that comes to that, we when it, whenever we have an update, we have a, a community, a kind of community plan um, that goes along with the uh, the publishing plan, the, the kind of marketing plan as it all. And then we we have to make sure that um, whenever something's getting released or announced or updates, that we have the right dates, times, information um, to put out, and that's all really important. Because obviously, when we write stuff, there's going to be a certain different class of people looking into it, going, "Oh, they said this, but does that mean this?" So we need to make sure that we manage that expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, we need to make sure we give as much information as we can. Um, so a lot of my time is spent um, writing a lot of that stuff out and making sure that uh, everything's okay with the community. So normally, when I come in, I'm, I'm straight onto the forums. I look at the Steam forums. I look through the Reddit. Um, I look on the Discord channels just to make sure um, I know what's happening, and then we get to we start getting closer to about. So while I'm kind of typing all this stuff up. It gets to about uh, the Monday stream, which is changed because we are we now rather than us just playing the game and having just a casual chat, we've tried to push the focus to speak about what's going on with the community a wee bit more and what's happened within the game. Um, so I kind of try and get all that information. Together, make sure that um, from everything that I've got from last week and this week, and grab the the different screenshots that we want to show off, um, and then we'll go into the stream, have a really good time with everybody, and make sure we can chat and update. Uh, and then after that, um, it obviously depends what kind of meetings we have as well, because we have meetings about uh, different things that are going on. We then it's it's, it's quite it's it's quite interesting. To- oh, I need to do that as well. I've also got to get that done, and then I'm getting put. There. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, of, of kind of getting the knowledge base, getting the understanding of what's going on. And then if anything happens, so for instance, more recently, people would say about, uh, the information about mining, um, the mining changes that we made or, um, upset in Galnet or, or different things like that whenever, whenever we see a thread about that, we want to jump in and, and comment on it and make sure that everybody's got the understanding. But it's not as easy as just going, oh, this person, John John 866, has came up and said that you guys all are stupid and um, you shouldn't have done this decision. And, you know, basically the nasty stuff. Of, we can't obviously just jump on ad hoc and be like, hey, man, sorry, you okay? This It takes a lot of going, 
well, why is he so upset? What's 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 upset him? How can we communicate with him in the correct way to understand one, understand his frustration, to um, help towards coming to a conclusion, um, and then actually giving him that, giving him the 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 best response that we can to make him understand that he's prepared and have other people understand that as well. Mm. So I know Ty has a question, but I'm just going to jump in real quick to say that uh, with regard to anybody on the phone. Galnet issue. You should just respond to him. Stop your whinging, you wee <laughs> sassonic bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is another thing. I'm not allowed. Hold your wish is one that we would use. Which is, <laughs> which is hold your tongue, basically, was we'd say hold your wish mm. um, in Scotland. So if, if, say, if, say if you're a, a child and you're with your mommy and stuff like that and you kept like, complaining about something, your mum would just turn and go, hold your wish. Uh, <laughs> all right Ty. so you kind of mentioned that um uh when you're kind of going through the forums you look at like uh, uh you have you have to kind of when you're doing your responses you have to kind of filter them a little bit in regards to this. people don't like well are they they're saying this but are they really meaning this kind of stuff you ever seen mm-hmm. like like the weird like what's your craziest conspiracy theory that you've heard from the community that that's just completely not true now don't don't throw anybody at the bus of course so no of course um oh there's there's, there's a great the craziest ones um i think has got to be about david Rabin, the fact that everybody's like he, he's been taken over by by lizards <laughs> he's um you know he, he's not involved in the game anymore and, and, and i literally I, I, I remember recently I said hi to his, to his partners as they were walking they were walking out the thing with the, the, the office he's there all the time um, and he has just as much um, influence and discussion about the game as today as he, as he always has it's his his baby obviously loves all of his projects like um, he loves Planet Zoo he loves uh, you know Planet Coaster he loves all of them but as we all know this is his kind of this was his first baby this was his child you know. Um, and he's just with with Elite, um, and obviously Elite Dangerous is just as important to him now as it's ever been. Um, and he he is still a massive partner. He's not as he's not as uh, front facing on the cameras and stuff like that as he used to be. But obviously he's 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 trying to make sure that we're running a company and that his games have success. So um, he's he's given us the responsibility to kind of manage that and help that out and and. And do stuff. So we still have them um, on the twenty-four hour live stream. Uh, we had those uh, models won uh, by two two amazing uh, commanders who who raised a lot of who, uh, auctioned a lot of money for them. Um, those different models of the ships, um, and basically th- those were signed by David. I just went to his office and asked him to sign them, and he. Said, Problem and singing for us, so he's, he's definitely still there. But actually, this brings me to another point. This mm-hmm. does bring me to another point. I've actually always on, on the. Uh, I remember when I was doing the twenty-four hour live stream. I think it was hour twenty-two, <laughs> and it was just twenty-two hours. The delirium had set in, and uh, and I got and I brought out the the imperial cutter. So I had the cutter here, and I turned to Colo and I went, "What ship is this?" Now the reason I said that was to do the kind. Of Kind of, you know, you'd watch those TV shows and they'd have the model and they'd be like, well, well done, this is a, this is a, da 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 You're pitching and, to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So she, I was like, yeah, just, you know, for that. And 
And Colo was like, oh, I don't know. And then, and then Pedro, <laughs> and then Pedro and I don't know. And I went, I think it's a car, guys. And they went, oh. And then there was a whole forum thread after that about how the fact that I don't know my ships and that I'm a terrible community manager because I don't even know the game. You were literally just doing a setup for like, you were doing the setup punchline, (laughs) like, hey, what is this? And then, yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but the bit, the, the bit that kind of got me was one, I, I didn't know what it was. It was just doing a setup. Two, I was 22 hours in my 24 yeah. hour life. And I'd been up for about 30 hours at that point because we were in at nine o'clock getting everything prepared. Yeah. I was like, I mean, if I forget something, can you forgive me, please? Well, at that at that point, you'd be forgiven for like looking at your left hand going, what is this? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I am. <laughs> Well, speaking of the live stream, I know that there was a there was a cheeky bit of a, there was a thing that was put up for auction that if somebody had uh, donated, I think it was a hundred pounds or whatever, that mm. your tartan uh, your tartan pants were gonna. Now, I want to clarify this because you said uh, <clears throat> that someone could bid on these tartan pants; they could get these tartan pants. And I just want to be clear: you might have sabotaged your own bidding because. You said tartan pants, which makes sense to us Americans, but to people in the UK, they might have mistook your your trousers reference to say for auctioning off your underwear, in which case, no offense, but I could see why some people wouldn't bid. I know Ty was ready to bid under that circumstance. I'm surprised it didn't go for more. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it was I the first segment. So we all we all did the introduction, we all said the hi. And then it was the first segment that I was doing alone. I think it was just one of the, the producers on Elite. And, and we were playing, um, oh, was that the older game? Uh, it was the retro gaming section that we were doing. Um, Zork, I think it was. And uh, anyway, nice. we, we were, so we were playing that. And I was sitting there with these tartan trousers on. And I just went, why don't you auction off those trousers? And I was like, I'll do it. I'll auction off these trousers, Rob. And nobody, nobody auctioned off it. And I think you're totally right, actually. People might have thought. And just for clarification, <laughs> I own no tartan pants. Right? <laughs> I, I do own tartan trousers, but I'm not that bad that I go to bed with tartan pants. <laughs> so, so real quick, I'm going to need you to clarify. Who was it that suggested the auction again? Uh, I can't remember. Who was it? Well, just for the record, you actually have that person on on air now, suggesting that you take off your pants. So, <laughs> was it time? Getting up. <laughs> but, who was it? I think. I think. Wait, was considering it Considering this happened on a... <laughs> <laughs> See, so I, all I remember is that. I just remember these live streams we have, like the three we have. It's just the chats pinging, and I just saw pants for sale, and I went. What? <laughs> don't don't even have fun. time to look. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So that's no, I'm glad hey, you Hey, just to roll back briefly, I'm I'm just going over my notes and I realized that uh, in all that conversation, um, I did not hear an express denial that David Braben is a lizard. So David Braben, they, lizard confirmed? <clears throat> uh, redacted. Redacted again. Okay, okay. I happen, to know, I happen to know that it was stated emphatically on actually two separate streams that David Braben is not a lizard and also that he was not captured by Thargoids. He would never allow that to happen. Now, I, I, I did say that. But mm. also, um, if David Braben was a lizard, um, do you not think that he would force me to say that he isn't a lizard? And mm-hmm. also, um, if the Thargoids had captured him, 
do you not think they would have uh, made me say that they, they hadn't captured him? Wait a second. Every time I see DBOBE, I was thinking it's David Britton or David Braben Order of the British Empire. But are you telling me that it might in fact be David Braben Order of the Bug Eaters? Listen, I, we're in a safe space here and, and, and I'm I'm but I cannot <laughs> confirm tonight. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is this is the kind of shenanigans that they let you home. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. All right. So on last week's episode of the show, uh, we did for Kai's question. We have a segment every week where we do Kai's question. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that week's Kai's question is what do you want to see the community managers stream? <clears throat> My suggestion was I would like to see an internship with the SPVFA. So I would like to see you guys do a stream where you travel to someplace with the SPVFA and they spend a full hour teaching you guys how to do the, some of the amazing camera tricks and, and get the lighting just right and frame and whatnot uh, so that <clears throat> they can teach you and by extension all of us how to get some of those amazing photographs so that we submit them for your stream ideas and stuff. Um, I think that's an awesome idea. Ty's idea was he would like to see the community managers do a high-level CQC esports style uh, <clears throat> challenge. So, like, you guys would not be competing. You guys would be doing color commentary and, like, doing the highlights and all that stuff while two teams of, like, very, very high-level CQC competitors go at it. He would like to see you guys host it, like, almost like, you know, Monday Night Football where – where the guys are in the booth and they're talking about, oh, did you see that play? Oh, did you see this? Did you see that? And 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 kind of just talking through it to hype up CQC. Nice. I love these ideas. They're brilliant. Trax's idea, he wants to see the community managers do a similar thing, color commentary with uh, high-level racers. So get some buckyballers together, let them practice for a week on a, on a thing, and then do a thing, uh, you know, sort of at the same time, or submit their videos and you guys kind of go over the highlights or something with the elite racers. Um, I want to just highlight some of the ones. There's just a few from the community because some of these are really, really good. Alec Turner wrote in, he said he would like to see relay races with Bucky ballers like Steven, Bruce and Will. Uh, So basically the community management team people uh, in Bucky ball race, uh, sort of um, what do you call that? Uh, where you pass the baton. Um, oh, yeah, the... Um, relay race. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> A relay race with buckyballers or whatever, so that each of you, like, it's, you know, say you and Alec Turner versus Bruce and Sanderling and Will with, uh, you know, uh, terrorist... What is it? Terror disc? Like, I, I always forget his name, but, like, three really good uh, racers with three community managers each on the team. <clears throat> that was his first suggestion. His second oh. suggestion, and this one I think is, is gold and really you should, you should definitely do. Here's another suggestion for the community managers and or Steven interview. I'd actually like to see a Discovery Scanner style deep dive episode looking into the life of a community manager. What do these folks actually do starting at a typical 9 a.m. or so, uh, 9 to 5 day? And what are the best bits of their job? What are the worst? 
Uh, I can guess saying, no, I can't tell you about fleet carriers for the 5,000th time. Uh, <laughs> what's difficult that people in the community underestimate? As with other Discovery Scanner episodes, help us to understand why you uh, can do or say X or Y. This, I think, would really help. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I like that idea. Uh, Gav Cook said, how about a stream where the community managers design a race or a challenge for the Buckyballers to attempt? Um, Chig had wrote in to say, uh, I suggest that the CMs travel to a place suggested by the developers. It could lead to a new kind of mega ship, a station, point of interest, hell, just about anything. You don't uh, know there's tons of stuff out there in the galaxy, and I'm sure there's some stuff out there that a developer is just dying for us to understand. Um, I don't, that one seems a little, I don't know, because it's like, <laughs> then it's robbing uh, players from the of chance to find it in the future. But yeah. I, it could be something that's already been found, but that like a developer wants to highlight like, hey, you know, the collection of wonders or, you know, uh, the dry out awesomes or something. They could literally just say, hey, go here and show it off, like kind of highlight it. Not something that hasn't been found yet that the players would have the opportunity to first discover, but something that has been found but is like sort of little visited. Yeah, yeah, not like that. <clears throat> uh, let's see. We got DJ Wiley wrote in to say, I'd like to see them highlight some of the lesser utilized activities in the game. There's so many cool things to see and do, and I think sometimes players overlook some stuff. Doing things on stream could make more players aware and encourage them to try out things. Couple of examples spring to mind. Wood boot one would be multi-crew. I know it has its flaws, but it's still possible to do some really cool stuff. They could show off multi-crew mining or combat. <clears throat> it would, uh, it would, I would bet the vast majority of players have never given the multi-crew turret gunner role a shot before. Another Ooh. could be planetary base assaults. Remember back when Plater did his 24-hour live charity stream, he did one with Harry Potter. I'd never done one before myself, and just watching it opened my eyes to a whole new fun area of gameplay that I never knew existed. So I could see that. I could see you and Will and Bruce, you know, side by side, set up on a thing, try, you know, doing a mining challenge or doing a base assault or whatever. I think that could be very, very cool. Yeah, and all these, I mean, these ideas are, are uh, like I said earlier, so one of the important uh, parts about my job is that. Um, so obviously we all we all work in different um, aspects of what's going on, but I'm I'm really focused on the live streams and, and coming up with cool ideas, and different stuff that we can do, and it's all content for 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 you lot. So I love these ideas; they're really really cool. I mm. could definitely I could definitely see us getting to do some of these things uh, in the future. And lastly, Dog Dougie wrote in to say, "How about a mini manhunt? You are test you are tasked with protecting the community manager in open and racing to dock at X Y Z before." destroyed kind of like a mini salome event do you know, I, <laughs> do you know, this is really cool because this is the, and i'm not spoiling anything in the future but as 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 we've changed the kind of monday live stream we've, we've wanted to we've wanted to find we get a lot of people go go and open go and open just like mm, close right. up and and I, and I actually went and open for 10 minutes i went open, i was in an open for 10 minutes someone came after me and i survived nice <laughs> And what I really want to do is we we have um, obviously like for our Thursday night live streams we have dev accounts where we can make sure that we've got the right ships, the right setup if we're going on anything 
And what I want to do is I want to basically try and create like the the best ships for certain things. So obviously, like we need to change them constantly. But for that thing, and one of them is I want to try and create this the toughest ship, and basically do a protect the king <coughs> of that sense. We mm-hmm. get people to jump in and we get a couple of people to, to try and defend us and a couple of people mm-hmm. to try and uh, destroy us and we go from one to the other. And yeah, that's, like that's great when you have backup, you know, when you, and, it's, so, and yeah. it's not like you trying to manage the chat room and play the game at the same time and people are like, what, what is he doing? Like, he's, he's doing his job. But, uh, you know, playing the game in that way, you know, going open, <coughs> going open, actually having backup and, and making a fun game of it would be really something. Yeah, yeah, get like five or six of us together. And for that stream, if Will is doing, like, or let's say you, Stephen, are doing the flying and Bruce yeah. is on your wing in a ship, and then you get, you know, me, Ty, and Trax and a couple others to be your guard wing and then to have also like an attack wing to come in, whatever. And then just and maybe stick open. a skilled pilot on your guard wing too. <clears throat> yeah, well, in addition to us, yes. Uh, but, but you know, you have also, uh, at that point, then pick one person, say Will, and it's like, okay, you're not flying at all. You're actually doing the chat. You're doing the right. whatever. Because I completely agree with the sentiment that, that Traps just made, which is, guys, it's you, you look and say, oh, my God, can you believe he screwed up that landing? Or can you believe he you know, didn't win that fight or he had to run away or he whatever. And it's like, uh, you try flying the ship while you are looking over at a second screen, constantly reading (laughs) all of the messages that are flying by at the speed of light. And you're trying to keep up with that conversation and your job is to do PR. So you have to like, you can't answer off the, off the cuff, like just whatever (laughs) you have to run every thought that goes in your head through a filter of like, this the thing I'm allowed to say? Is this the thing that's going to get yeah. me in trouble? <laughs> yeah, and that was um, I, uh, it was the it was the other week when I did the, the solo uh, the solo Monday stream, and I got right. a Stephen video. Did you see that at all? Sorry, I think I lost you for a second. What? Oh yeah, no, I saw that stream for sure. Yeah, oh. yeah. Did you see after there was a there was a. Stephen video posted on forums. Yeah, I saw him. Nah. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was so funny. Absolutely. I was in stitches in both Bo and Will came over and went, see about all my years of community manager, I've never had somebody make a video like that for me. And it was, you know, I saw the later side of it. I thought it was really, really funny. But one of them was saying like, look, here's a couple of tips on how to help you out. And I love getting tips on how to do stuff in the game and, and learn a bit extra. But I was, I was literally like, I, I, like I, I literally said in the stream like three or four times, guys. I'm really bad at doing two things at once, so I might like, crash it. So yeah, I think I have just crashed it. Something, but it's because I'm looking at the chat and doing this stuff, and it is so difficult, so difficult to do that multitask. And see, there's amazing streamers who who, who can do it and, and chat the chat as well as like flying around, and and I can do that to an extent. But whenever it comes to because like you said, I need to be on brand and make sure I'm answering questions. My focus is making sure that everybody's self first. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, um, Ty, I know you had another one that you wanted to hop in. So, uh, <clears throat> I got a buddy of mine that works at uh, Riot, and I can't tell you what he does, and I can't tell you uh, who he is. Of course, I know that sounds weird, but they have <laughs> some like strict things. <laughs> um, anyway, he, he's he's a developer at Riot, and. Um, 
one of the things he's told me is like when back when he was a he was because he started off as a community manager, uh, but the developers don't always talk to the community managers. And he's always like whenever they're going through patch notes or something, there's always something that's missed. And then when they start playing, because usually they don't even get the uh, release of release of the uh, patch until like a week before it actually goes out. Hmm. And whether you, you know, they'll go through there and they'll play test it and whatnot. As they're playing testing different things, they inevitably come across something that's not in the patch notes that surprises the crap out of them. Hmm. And I was curious. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, "Oh wow, they included this," or "Oh wow, I didn't know about this"? Like, what was the biggest thing that surprised you in a in a patch? Um, so obviously, when we went through the bugs for, for the the fixes uh, and the January update was I'm trying to think of the the one that really surprised me. Um, so it's it's very it, whenever we kind of come up with guys have a lot of fixes. We do have quite a, a when we come to the patch notes and the different betas that we came out with. I was really impressed with the way that they actually fixed FSS um, because originally, obviously, we the, the main issue with FSS is just that it took a lot of time to, to tell you certain things and we wanted to uh, to tell you if there was there was anything on the planet and we wanted to cut that down. So, so the first method was to this um, unlikely, likely, and very likely um, idea. When we put that out with the beta, um, a lot of commanders were quite concerned because they thought mm. this was going to be the final decision and they, a lot of them didn't like it. Um, so when it comes to it, we, we have a really good communication with the development team or uh, I make sure that we do. You should see them every time I walk around. They just put their head in their hand because they're trying to work. And I'm like, more guys! <laughs> um, but with, with that, yeah, we, when when I found out the way that they actually took the feedback and they made sure that they brought the old system back, but also blended it with that kind of new system to make sure that we could try and give the best of both worlds, I was really impressed with that um, because obviously not the company, not this company, but there is other places that I have heard of and, and um, I won't name any names, but they're very um, focus-driven and not uh, to outside outside feedback because the biggest worry that you have as a, as a developer for any kind of product is you don't want to be uh, you don't want to do a thing called design by community um, because the community have there's so many if you especially if you have a vast community a lot of people have different ideas and understandings of what they feel the best decisions are going to be so a lot of developers that I know in the past that again many names have made decisions despite what the community has been kind of asking for because of this fear and worry that they'll design by community, which is quite a, a rabbit hole to go down. Um, and the, actually the, the the team that, the, that made that change, uh, the team the Frontier, did a great job because they did take all the feedback on board and with that feedback, they tried to come to the best solution and, and I think they did. Yeah, I definitely want to give you kudos for that. Because I'm I'm one of the people that I tested it and I do not like the new system. So the fact that you guys sort of brilliantly said, "Hey, look, some people don't like the old way, and we've come up with a new thing that we wanted you to test." And definitely heard that some of you don't like this new way. So what we've decided to do is give you a hybrid that those people that prefer the old way can do it that way. Those people that prefer the new way can do it that way. Everybody, you get what you want. Now go away. 
I, I thought that was brilliant. So <laughs> I, it, it, exactly. was, it was, it was like letting out, it was like a letting out my tension breath, right? It was like, oh, what's going to happen with this? What's going to happen? And then it drops and I go, they just did absolutely the right thing. Oh, now I can relax. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but your point is well taken to the design by community thing is, you know, everybody I'm sure knows. I wrote a little letter on the forum saying like, hey guys, I really like this story stuff. And I like the rest of your game too, but I really, really like the story stuff. And I would like to see some of that. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is like, <clears throat> when, you know, writing that, it, it was not in any way intended to say, this was not in any way like a previous open letter that was like, we have these demands. You will do this now. It was, it was, it was just to say like, Hey, look, I have feelings about this. I want you guys to hear those feelings. And you very clearly did. And there were very clearly a lot of other people that agreed with me and, and a lot of people who didn't, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. but like, the idea of that wasn't to try to force a design by committee of saying, okay, stop what you're doing and make a left turn and do this now. It was more just to say, look, <clears throat> the way that these games are produced, there's, it's a big budget. It's a big company. It's, a bi- it's, it's all set up. You, know, you guys go with projects sometimes a year, two years in advance, and you say, like, we've sat around on, at a boardroom table, whatever. We threw out ideas, and we said, for this next time chunk, we're going to focus on A, B, C, D, E, and F, and this is how we're going to do it. And, you know, then you have existing things that have to be considered as well, and then the future stuff, and then the, what comes after that. But at, at some point in the next six months to a year, there's going to be a time where you guys are all sitting around a table and discussing, all right, how are we going to allocate budget and time people's like work hours going forward on the next phase? And, and I, uh, it is my hope that at that point, <clears throat> the, 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 that sentiment that was expressed will be, people will say like, hey, by the way, we need to keep in mind this is a thing that people care about as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not today, not tomorrow, not next week. But at some point when you guys get to the next round of talks about that stuff, that, you know, that will at least be acknowledged. And then it, it, it has to be weighed out amongst other stuff. If people are like, hey, look, we've got this, this and this, and that's great, but we're not going to do design by committee. This is what we're focused on. I just wanted that to be a voice that was heard, and it was. And that was all that that was meant to do. Yeah, and that's, that's what was really important. And I remember when, when you put that post up, I remember reading that, and I was like, this is, this is very valid. And that, that was the response. And again, you're, you're, you're thinking, we all, we all read, and we, all took, and we put a response together, and that's why it took a wee bit of time. It always takes a wee bit of time because we need to make sure that well, we don't upset anyone. Because if it was me, I'd just be like, yeah, you know, okay, that, this was really cool. I, I think that was a great response. Thanks for that, and I'll make sure to feed it back. And then other people could be could be about other people could be like, oh, well, he's not putting a lot of thought or said that he's going to action any of that stuff, you know. Um, so we always take a wee bit of time to get back. But yeah, like whatever the community says, like I said, my first things that I do every morning are go through all the forums and see if there's anything to respond to, see if there's anything that needs uh, anything that needs addressed. Or concern, or anything's got a concern, and then um, basically from that we we we'll put all that feedback and we'll tell the dev team. So there has been moments 
we're thinking about this, what do you guys think? And we're like, well, from a community perspective, that's a great idea because it's actually something that they've really been wanting for a while. Um, uh, or we'll say, no, that's a really bad idea like, to do that because the community is really passionate about this thing or, or that thing. Or here, maybe we could do it in this way rather than that way because it would be received in a lot better because um, we try and understand what's the best interest for you guys. So uh, these are definitely the things. And like you said, like when it comes to when it comes to the kind of story element, I know every, we, we, we know every, um, we want and we want to, anything we do, we want it to be the best for the game. Um, so we're definitely taking all that feedback back and we're passing it on to the development team. And then it's up to the development team to to allocate the, the hours and the, the, the time and, and the things to their plan and to see where it can come into fruition. So it's very important that we get that feedback, especially if it's constructive and we love seeing that stuff. That's really good to know and, and to know that they they ask you too. And it's not just like this one-way thing where you're tapping them on the shoulder sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> to no. feed that to them, you know, that, that's really interesting. Yes, well, they, are, they are really good. I actually find that really interesting because like, you know, the other developer that I know, he's he tells me a very different uh, process that, that takes place there. And they don't always have a uh, direct line to the developers. And a lot of times they don't know what's even going on. Um, so it's kind of neat to know yeah. that Frontier does it different. Yeah, it doesn't do that. And it's something that will in there. Whenever we have a discussion a lot of the time, I just go over to the, the, the dev's desk and speak to them. If I really if I have, a, I have a really important question, I say, hey, guys, what are you doing? We just chat about certain things, and, and we, we really do try and keep the, the, I mean, the importance of community um, within the game. So yeah, we're really important. It's really important for us to do that. Right on, right on. So, uh, okay, how do I unpack this? We have to be sort of uh, careful because I'm not fishing for information. But I will yeah. say this: um, some there was a time somewhere about a month, a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, <clears throat> there was a time that. It, it was about a month, a month and a half ago. There was a very clear difference to me in that in the conversations that we were having where people were asking about fleet carriers, you guys went from the sort of standard PR bullshit line that you have to say because it's your job of like, hey, there's lots of stuff and it's coming and it's going to be exciting and you're going to love it. And it's just the kind of uh, there's nothing behind the eyes. There's just like, this is the line that I'm reading because this is what I was told to say. And, and that's completely fine. But then there was a time where you just suddenly in the stream, all of your eyes lit up and it's like, I could tell like, okay, these guys had some kind of a brief on this. So these guys got the information and now they're actually excited. Like for real, <laughs> yeah. you could tell like, oh, they know stuff now. And that's it, it to me was infectious because I was like, oh, I'm excited that they're excited. Mm, yeah. And it, you know, not, not asking for any details. No, I'm not, I'm not no. at all. But like, you could tell that it, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where it's, yeah. You can yeah. see it. Because like, this is the big thing that a lot of people say. We really, <coughs> we're really excited for fleet carriers to come. And obviously mm. like we'd announced it last year and, and ready to go out and, and, and and from that time we've had this additional time to to, to look into it and to develop it more and make sure that everything's great on it and and what we're going to give you is the best version of the thing that, that it 
can be. We're really looking forward to it. The closer and closer that we get to that, like like well, Paige said in the live stream, it is going to be soon. It's going to be really soon, guys. So it's, I'm really excited for that moment that we can we can actually start talking about together. Um, so it is it's so cool. And then there was that cheeky little Brucey bonus. Oh, the Brucey bonus! I love yes. The Brucey bonus. The Bruce. Bruce, I know. So you guys took the term the Brucey bonus to be the, you know, hey, we're going to give you a FDEV uh, paint job on a crate mark two. Yeah. But uh, we we've taken that term. We own it now. And uh, <laughs> the Brucey bonus was that little statement that uh, that I cut the clip out of and, and addressed directly on the air of like uh, new and interesting, new and novel mechanics and interesting ways that you're going to change how you all play together. and. Uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. did I, no, I'm not asking for any details. Just letting you know on our <laughs> side. We're I, I just, ready. I, I just love the Bruce's bonus because Bruce has been a really shame that um, that since I've started, obviously, Brett had left and um, a dead page is now gone. Um, but it's really nice to have, have Bruce uh, come in uh, as well. So he's he's been a really good addition to the team. Yeah. <laughs> Right this on. seems like a, a good time to jump in. I was going to ask one other thing kind of that's a little bit related to this. I wonder if there's like a highlight moment for you where there was a certain thing that you got to, like a certain thing that, that was coming out, like a patch, an update or something like that, that was sort of the most fun to finally be able to reveal and talk about and, and go on the stream about. Like what was like a highlight where it wasn't, you weren't getting hazed by the chat and you were actually like <laughs> pleased to be doing, pleased to be chatting and, and so on. That was the I, most standout for you. No, no matter how often I get hazed the chat, that's my favorite bit. It never deters me. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think the, 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 the thing that I really enjoyed doing uh, on the elite side, I mean, obviously, like we had the September update. January update, and kind of the January update was a lot of fun because we were able to try and fix things and show people that, that we were making a lot of effort towards towards that. But I have to say, I'm, I can't like it's not the, the best one's not came yet. I'm so the next update will probably be the first. So that the, the since I started, this would be the first one that's actually bringing new content. So obviously, this will be bringing in fleet cap. Um, this the, the next update will. So that idea of bringing that out is the, the thing that I'm really looking forward mm. to because I've, I've been working on it for absolute months and I'm really excited for you guys to see it. So that be, that's will, quite heartening. Yeah, it will be that. Right on. Yeah, yeah. We're all super, super excited. For and speaking of exciting news, I think I has a question he wanted to ask you that came up recently. So I wanted to ask about the, uh, I'm a pretty big uh, Formula One fan and have been for years. I was When you guys got that license, I, I kind of got giddy like a little kid. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you, like, what do you think about the direction that Frontier's going from, because uh, I think they're just publishing this. Is that correct? Um, so I, I am, I got really We've obviously um, partnered with Formula One, and we're going to be bringing out uh, several management games. Um, so obviously, we have a partnership with Formula One. My brother-in-law, um, he is a massive F1 fan. He's, he's probably like I said, he stays up to like four o'clock in the morning to watch the games and then the the testing as well. 
Uh, he actually has been to the last, I think he was there this year to go and check out one of the um, one of the trials, trial tracks, we call them. He, he absolutely adores it. He was really excited about it. Um, but yeah, we're, I mean, this is a new partnership, which is just amazing. It's a testament to show you that Frontier Development's plans on staying for a while and, and working on already the, the games that we've got and IPs that we've got. We're really looking forward to branch out and, and, and do as much as we can as a game company. So I got also want to ask you this: um, What is your? Because I, I kind of have games that I consider like my comfort games, like my home games. Like for me, that's Zelda. Like any Zelda game is like like that's my home. You know? Yeah. Uh, what was? What, what is your? What is your favorite game or like your comfort game? And for like my comfort game, so I, I and that's games. I was playing Elite to just kind of chill on in the background, do some courier missions and kind of relax. But um, I've got games that do different things to me. If I want to be stressed out and challenge myself, I'll play Crash Bandicoot. Um, and it'll take me back to the time when I was a kid and I thought I was good at it. I was probably much better back then. I'm awful at it now. <laughs> um, then I had Halo. Whenever I had my friend over, we always play Halo together. That's what we played. It was always cool. I've never played Halo on my own. I've always played it with him, um, but just, just I, I'm very. I think one of the, the the best games that I played recently was Spider-Man and God of War, the newest ones. I love God of War games, um, all of them. Uh, probably some of my favorite games to play. So thank you when it comes to games. That last one, that last God of War really, really struck a chord with me because like the same year my mom passed and I had to, me and my sister, we took her ashes down to where she grew up. And uh, it was, you know, that's the whole point of the, of that God of War game. That last one was you take your mom's ashes. So it was, it, it really hit me home, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's really good. And that's the really interesting thing about games is that, they can connect you, don't they? And they can connect you and hit you in moments in certain ways you don't really understand. So, like, like I said, I, I'd never play it one alone. Yeah, that was the that was the very first uh, on my very first episode of this show. That's I talked about like why games are are so powerful and that they they got all of the different art styles in one box. And then the way that they can connect people, the power of games to connect people is more powerful than any other medium out there, more powerful than movies, anything. And that's why I love them. Yeah, so. mm. yeah, yeah, even even games. Like All right. The giraffe scene and stuff like that was phenomenal as well. And um, uh, obviously the connection between the, the, the Ellie and um, Joel with him losing his door and stuff like that. A lot of people connected to that. Mm. All right. So let's transition now. Let us, uh, you know, okay. One last thing before we transition, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you this as a favor to me, <laughs> do a little record, record a little video on your phone or whatever. Just, just like right before you go out <clears throat> Like it could be a little 30 second long vine or I, I don't know, whatever, right before you go out and do the announcement about fleet carriers and just show the team how excited everybody is. Like is that you could put it out after the, after the release or whatever, you put out a little video where you're just like, finally, we get to say it. What we wanted to say. <laughs> okay. 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 And I know, 
I know <laughs> HR has said that you can't shout it out from the rooftops at uh, at Frontier Towers, but you can go to any other rooftop and you can just, <laughs> just we have announced it. And then, you know, yeah, yeah, it could be epic. Just go to somebody's house. Sure, why on? not? Can I jump on your garage there so that I can shout from a rooftop of <laughs> Or or just find some little like it's one of those little where it's like of a, a, a flat one story, like it's only eight feet off the ground. It's like the lowest possible, but you're on a rooftop. Look at me, guys! I'm on a rooftop. <laughs> that's a great idea. I can do that. I'll do yeah. that. Right on. All right. So let's transition this conversation. Unless do you guys have anything else for the official uh, community manager that you want to ask uh, ask Stephen as the community manager, something official. Do you have anything else that you want to wrap up on that? No, I'm good. Which of the community managers uh, smells the worst? Oh. Redacted. Oh. Redacted, redacted. Okay, move Redacted, on. all right. <laughs> it may be me. <laughs> all right, so let's end that, that conversation. This interview with the community manager is now done. Now we get to talk to Steven, not the community manager for Frontier Development. None of these questions and answers have anything to do with his official position or title. We're talking to a gamer dude, talking about just general shit, off the cuff, completely relaxed, nothing official. All right. So you got to tell me about this convention you just went to, man, like last week before, like you got in one last awesome gamer convention before the world went on lockdown. Yeah, the last game, and it was probably like the worst time. You've got obviously your sharing controllers and everything, but we were, we were, we were insane. No, this is, um, so this game, uh, gaming event is called Glaze Games. Um, and it was set up by this guy called uh, Simon, a lovely guy. Um, but uh, a couple of my friends, uh, Andrew and Michael, we went to university together. And now Andrew, a, uh, he's a doctor professor at, the, at Aberdeen University, where we actually studied. And my friend Michael, he works um, he works in QA uh, contracting for for different tech companies and games and stuff. And for a long time, we kind of lived around Glasgow together. We all studied in Dundee, and this guy had set up this event. Um, and a lot of people donated a lot of um, screens and old consoles and games. And he basically put it together in this place called uh, the Drygate Pub, which is right next to the Tenants Brewery. And it was just an idea. He got a room and he just set it up with all these games and people would come. There'd be some competitions. There was quizzes in the park the previous years, not this year. And we just got to simply video games with your friends and, and do like couch co-op stuff or played some Guitar Hero or... I always forget the name of it. It's a drum game with the two sticks. Um, and we just kind of went at a couple of us and one of my ex-colleagues. Um, we all met up and sister went this year and we just went and had a great time just sitting playing video games having a couple of drinks and, and just looking at some, some fun stuff playing some uh taking and, and uh, all these different we dad we played scott pilgrim as well for a while that was brilliant and uh sonic racers and stuff so it was an awesome time really awesome that's the kind of thing that ends up with like a 3 a.m drunken game of uh with like 20 30 people just sitting around <laughs> chilling yeah. Right down. <laughs> yeah exactly and that's the 
chill, nice, enjoyable environment. Just play video games and, and kind of feel safe and, and have a good time. Nice, nice, good stuff. All right, so let's, let's, I got to ask you about Raxla. <clears throat> Again, you're not, this is not the official community manager. This is Steven the Gamer. Yep. Just the, from a conceptual level, <clears throat> just the idea of like a mystery that was put in in a story pamphlet book that was included in a 1984 game that is still enduring and is one of the most <clears throat> sort of talked about things of a game sort of five generations gaming-wise or five games later. It just, it's, it's an amazing, just, I can't think of any other IP that has done something like that, that has got that much of a hook that is still talked about so much. Mm-hmm. What are your not <clears throat> and and to be clear, I, I I would bet any amount of money that you have no more official information on the location <laughs> of Raxla than I do. But just just as a concept, as a game player, what are your thoughts on something just of that epic scope, man? And so how I, excited are you to be a part of it? Yeah, so it's really cool. Um, I think video games are really powerful with the kind of stories and, and, and lore and ideologies they get. And, and I've, I've obviously, just like everybody else, I've, I've read the pilot's handbook where it's there and it tells you of this kind of mystical place and this idea and this philosophy for it. And it's like, to me, it, it, it adds certain depths and you're like, oh, is it, is, it, is it a real place? Is it not a real place? Is it something? Is it meant to be a symbol of something? You know, it's... It's got so many interesting discussion points. And I think, like you said, as, as a gamer, as Stephen, not the community manager, Stephen, it's a really cool um, concept to have, to have people who still ask us about it nowadays and are still interested in it and for something to be so powerful. I think it's, it's a really useful um, tool to, to have such a vast, uh, interesting concept where people want to know more about it just a great thing in a game to have. Mm. I've always thought, because <clears throat> I've said, man, I would for someone to find Raxla tomorrow. And just because it would shake up the gaming universe, it would shake up the universe within the game. And when I said that, someone said like, no, but it would ruin it because the whole point is for it to be this mystery, this enduring mystery or this whole thing. And there's no way that you can, there's no way that any gamer or any company rather could do Raxla sort of right in that it would take years of development to do something so amazingly epic that it felt like <clears throat> it was sort of a deserved payoff to the massive epic scale of the search. And, and my response was, you know, you can find Raxla. I can find Raxla today, right now, where it's like, okay, there's Raxla. There's a planet with a big fuck off Stargate that's big enough that you could fly a Panther Clipper through it, but it's turned off. It doesn't do anything. And, you know, next to it are some ruins and you got to go to those ruins and decipher them. And then there's a pedestal and it needs a power core. And we don't know where the pieces are. Like you could find Raxla right now and yet still be five or 10 years away from making it actually turn on and do anything. So like as a, as a game developer, Frontier wouldn't 
be in a corner of like, okay, it's been found and now it's sort of ruined as a mystery. That could just be the first step on a journey of a thousand steps to like figuring out how to make it work and how to make it do something. So like you guys would not be in any way painted into a corner if it was found that it's like, okay, finding it is just the beginning. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what's really interesting. You know, you've got to think as, as like in any game, you, you have this uh, climax of a moment and you, you don't want it to be anticlimactic. So the concept of, of putting rats like into this perspective of, being this wonderful, amazing thing, you really don't want to disappoint anybody. So if it was to be done, um, and we did, and and the, the company, I would say the company, because obviously I'm a gamer at, at this point. I'm not the creative manager. Is that to do it? It has to be done really well, really, really right, and um, it's a lot of pressure. And and I think that the idea of when somebody says it's quite interesting to say, but if we found it, it'd be ruined. It would. It, it, Unless it had more, it would be. Unless, unless it, you know, you you don't want, you wouldn't want to be disappointed in finding something so cool. But then also, if it was that cool, it's amazing. It had to be done really well. It would have to be done really well, uh, and it would have to have more to. And and uh, that's a big thing about it all. It's just such such a grand concept. Now. It's got so much weight that it would need to be done well. Well, as someone who spent literally a year of of his life and a year of game time uh, exploring for Raxla. I know it was actually a year of game time. I'm probably exaggerating there, but uh, a year of his life exploring for Raxla. I should, I should show you my, my Raxla notebook. It's, it's looks like a crazy person wrote all over it. So. <laughs> all the bits in the wall. And <laughs> yeah. It looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it you know, the the whole Raxla thing is literally the best uh, secret in all of video games. I think I don't know of any other IP mm-hmm. that has a secret like this, and it's one of those things where I would love to know it, but at the same time, it's like once I'm done and I know where it is and all this other stuff, I'm kind of like, ah, do, do I really want to, you know, like what's next? You know, yeah. it, it it is the only thing I think in the history of real life games that could even be mentioned in connection to or in contrast to the idea or the concept of uh Halliday's egg, Easter egg in the 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 book and and mm. movie of uh, uh not the uh, Ready, Ready Player, Player One. One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like the only possible thing that you could you could really say that is like man this is a mystery that is that enduring and that deep and and like i call so i literally call whenever i'm doing anything that's raxla hunt related and working on any of those theories i'm being a runter i'm like a you know how they say gunter for the egg hunters i'm a raxla hunter i'm a runter (laughs) i dig that i dig just all of that man so yeah it's it's one of those things it'll be uh, I don't know. It's like, it's, how do you get to it? Where, whatever. It's like, it'll be found when it's found. And in the meantime, we have David Braben saying on the record, it exists, it's in the game, and we here know where it is. So it's like, okay, it's on us to, to get to it. Kind of. No, it's, it's, it's a really interesting concept. 
uh, other tool to, to, to be interesting um, for you guys. And I think the cool thing is that, you know, we as players and, and the game get so much joy with the idea and trying to find it. It's, it's the fun part. It's the, it's the journey, not always the day. Yeah, 100%. Right, right. So, as Stephen Benedetti, the gamer, not the uh, employee of Frontier Development, how cool would it be to see David Braben make a big announcement on Fleet Carriers or on on the New Era, whatever, to see the genius with the light in his eyes talking with passion about the game that he loves so much that he his baby. So, yeah, it's, it's always cool to see created such a game to, to show it off and show that kind of passion that comes in it. It would be awesome to see to see him do it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't say like if, if, if you, you know, as a, as a game, as I've designed some games myself and the idea of showing them off to people and doing it is one of the funnest parts of, of making the game is to see people's reactions and for them to understand your reaction towards your product. Mm. So, uh, my friend Steven the Gamer, uh, let me ask you, there's a little show, I think they only have like five listeners, so you've probably never heard it. It's called Lave Radio. They, uh, they just put out an episode last week where they went into an alternate galaxy. Did you hear that episode? Do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, I did not hear last week's episode. That was actually one of the things I have added. Quarantines and... Um, Going back home to Glasgow, and I was actually a wee bit for a while as well. Um, I've not had, just not had a chance. I've got a bill that's sitting at my, my desk to deal with my uh, to deal with my electricity as well. <laughs> I just haven't got around <laughs> to any of it. I did not. I'll need to listen. To well, I, I uh, gotta recommend it to you, buddy. Check it out. Like uh, when you get a chance, when you get a when you get a moment, uh, give it a listen. And I'd love to message me afterwards with your thoughts. 100%. I'll definitely get one. Oh, all right. Right on. So I linked you a video I shared with you before the interview that <clears throat> was originally brought to my attention from Ty. Uh, Ty, do you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the video, uh, the Leviathan teaser trailer and questions that come up from that? So I believe the Leviathan teaser trailer you know, like, like when a lot of times when studios uh, are starting to look at what movies they want to produce, they'll give some money to some directors to say, hey, go make us a trailer for this. So I think that that's what that was. And it got released. And I love the idea of, you know, gas giant mining and, and come to find out there's like huge monsters inside of this thing, for lack of a better, or huge creatures inside of gas giants. What do you think about you know, uh, Frontier kind of going down that path and seeing if we could ever get to something like that? Or do you think we'll ever see anything like that? Maybe not Frontier, but maybe some other game like Star Citizen or something where they go down that path if that's ever ever actually going to become a game. Yeah. So, like, I think these... I absolutely love sci-fi games and the idea of... Um, getting into these it was like when Anthem came out in a sense that idea of going into this alien planet and, and, and fighting these aliens and obviously it never hit, hit the mark that they wanted to hit but I still think that there will be this great concept of actually being in these certain ships and fighting these great big monsters and really experiencing that and you know like I said previously like God of War they have a really great uh, 
had really great mechanics with fighting, you know, bigger monsters and bigger things in it. Imagine if you could take that and then put on like a kind of, you know, like Destiny style uh sure we could go into that stuff. I definitely think it might happen. Um it just needs to be done really well. Which as we've seen from certain games out of that quite difficult to pull off. But I think we're getting there and it'll be so cool. I'll definitely got to play that. So yeah, I, like there's so many things that could be except of gas mining. Just as a you know again I, I keep making this disclaimer, but I just I don't want anyone to think that this is a discussion with Stephen Benedetti, the community manager. And this is, you know, this is what's happening with Elite. This is we're talking now about this is just open chalkboard, crazy idea time. What would be neat to see in a video game? Like the idea of doing gas mining to me, like the idea of flying up with my ship, putting it. <clears throat> in a, like a station keeping or sort of station keeping in reference to the SLF, like very, very low orbit. <clears throat> and then having the SLF undock and launch and have it be not a ship launch fighter, but a sh- ship launch uh, utility vehicle that is flying around in the sort of uh, upper areas of the, the lower atmosphere that is like you know doing some form of a mini game mechanic where you're sort of flying through these tunnels and trying to not crush your ship uh but you're trying to like you have to get to these higher pressure zones so that you can scoop up and send up back through an umbilical or whatever like the higher quality materials but that you have to be uh not too high of a pressure because it would crush your ship and then out of nowhere because i mean i know with these gas giants when you read the actual codex explanations it's like when they say you know a gas giant with like ammonia based or water-based life the with the implication there is and what it's sort of explicitly stated in in the codex is that it's more talking about like amoeba or like you know floating like phyloplankton or whatever like some small you know basically a floating fungus or a floating whatever, like single cell organisms or small molecules. But there's nothing to say that you couldn't have every, you know, 50 or 100 planets just, oh shit, now I'm flying around in my ship scooping and then all of a sudden this big old beastie, you know, Leviathan, this big old huge, the Kraken shows up out of nowhere and takes yeah. a chomp at my ship and I just get the the notice of like, boop, your SLF was destroyed. <laughs> yeah. How it's like, awesome would that be? That'd be so cool. It was just the idea. Whenever you... And obviously, if you've got the idea that, you know, things called life, it would, be, it would make a lot of sense if there's like these big creatures and these gas giants consuming the plankton space life form because that's uh, like growing these monsters. That would be super cool. Um, but it's a really cool concept. These things in, in there, you know? Yeah. I the only thing I didn't like about the teaser trailer, I didn't like the idea where it's like, oh, we're getting their eggs because that's the new jumponium. That to me seems a little like meh. But like the idea of we are there just to scoop up the natural resources of the gas giant and we have to deal with them. We have to interact with them or try to like hell to avoid them. Yeah. That to me is super, super fascinating. It's like, just like most like kind of Idea that we, we uh, obviously, as human society, we just kind of take, take, take and destroy everything else. And mm. then there's, also, there's always this kind of uh, 
this sentient being of sorts, or not necessarily sentient, um, this kind of higher power um, kind of come in as, as the environment and, and shows us the error of our ways from being too good, isn't it? Story motivator. Yeah, I, I recently did a re-listen to two of David Braben's old interviews uh, from Lave Radio, one from his episode 100, uh, I'm sorry, late their episode 100, and one from when the game was in the alpha. So this is pre-release. And in both of those interviews, it was super interesting hearing him make references to something. It's very clear that it's near and dear to his heart, the idea of uh, sort of uh, conservation. Um, the, the, the comment that he made is you, he would like to put in a situation where there is sort of big game to quote unquote hunt from your vehicle or whatever, <clears throat> because it contrasts and highlights to him the sort of depravity and the, the disturbing, uh, the, the disturbing choice that people make where you have like, imagine some huge creature right that is being and it's just for you know it's eyelashes or something like oh man they or the idea of like how people kill you know elephants or rhinoceros or whatever for the tusk for the ivory or whatever because you know some wackadoodle puts out a thing that says if you ground up you know uh, a rhinoceros horn whatever put it in your in your tea it's going to give you a boner like just the stupidity of you know, some of mankind's reactions or interactions with nature. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. That's so that's why I don't like the idea of it being like, oh, going after the Leviathan's eggs. Like, <laughs> exactly. I, in that case, I'd be like, well, fuck you. I'll take more jumps and get there when I get there. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing that. But I like the idea of we're just, hey, dude, we're not out here trying to hurt you and take your eggs. We're just trying to scoop out gases, but we're in your neighborhood and shit gets, goes down. Shit gets, gets hectic sometimes. It's just like Star Wars, isn't it? And they were flying through Eddie. Yeah, yeah, that big thing pops yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. It's the idea that life and nature should always go on and we should definitely <clears> go around it. But if we step too close to that, um, and as a result, it causes injury. It's our fault for not living. That's it. All right, so let's let's go around and everybody throw out an idea for something that you would like added to to like a module, a thing that you would like added. All right, I'll throw out one to give you guys a moment to think. How about a reconnaissance camera? So, like, we add a new module to the game that's a recon camera, and the idea is like it, it flies over, but there's some form of a mini game, some form of interaction where. Uh, just like there's a mini game interaction with mining, deep core mining, where you have to like set the charges or whatever. This is a situation where you do a direct fly pass over an object or a location, and you have to line it up and discreetly get, you know, high res imagery in a quick flyby before, <clears throat> you know, setting off the sensors or the detectors or whatever of uh, of of uh, an installation. And then the idea is that this could lead to like a follow-up mission. So your first is do a recon pass. That's a mission you get from the mission board. Then you come back, you turn it in, and you get a follow-up mission. And that mission could be now go back and assault that base target or go back and like pick up those materials. Or it could even be a non-combat mission. And the idea could be, okay, you've done a high pass on this, and we've got now reconnaissance that shows these minerals or these whatever. And now go back and extract them with a you know a mining ship or whatever, and 
you know, there's a special cluster there that you can you can now get access to. Mm-hmm. to I guess. Yeah. 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 See, I think mine would have to be because I was about I end up picking up ones that are on planets, and I'm like, oh <laughs> no. So I'd kind of like a, a kind of droid slash limpet kind of thing that I could have, whereas I could like fly over the base and then deploy it, and then the wee thing could go and get them for me. Send it to me and then just self destruct in a way. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so that I don't have to come down and get blown up and everything when I forget my SRP. Yeah, man. All right, what about you, Trax? Uh I I guess I, I think um I think there's room for stuff to do with like the science exploration. And uh like we have we have a few limpets for that already, right? Where it's like um I'm forgetting the name. It's not is it the recon limpet? I, I I've never even used them before. Yeah. And there's probably some interaction here, but like to be able to do kind of interactions with different planets, like I and I don't know if this is part of what's going on, but like trying to find I'm thinking about the trying to find this fuel source, right? That's going to start to be uh, in the game for our fleet carriers. And uh, what are we going to have to do to like discover where this stuff is? Are we going to have to measure planets or atmospheres? Or um, there's all the Lagrange clouds and there's things like that. And I feel like simply discovering them and marking them in the codex is like the start. And there's something else that's going to go on there where it's like we can start to combine them or. I mean, mining them is a very harsh word, but like understand some more and like have have some kind of like mission-based gameplay around that recon, this kind of thing, or maybe there's a new kind of limpet or something. That that's what's coming to my mind right now. I mm. guess I could do. Ah, uh. no, it's great. That's <laughs> awesome. Good idea. I dig it. Ty, Papa Ty. So mine's a little bit different, of course, but the one that comes to my mind is uh, I kind of feel like you know as you guys have covered the modules out there but we we you know we add modules to the game and we don't really necessarily add slots to the ships so kind of what I was wanting to do is is let us stack modules like say take a class 6 slot and you could put two class 3 slots in there or three class 2s so you're losing performance but you get more flexibility like this would be a good alternative to like you know the the multiple limpet uh, uh, everybody wants a universal limpet controller i don't yeah. like that idea I like the idea of basically, you know, you can take a, you know, you get a class six slot, you can put three class two or you can put six class six limpets in there. Now they're class one, loser, class one. Thank you. <laughs> six class one limpet controllers in there. You lose the performance of the higher classes, but you get the flexibility of having all of them in there. And from a, from a, like from a balance point of view, that's almost that to me that makes that, that works on both sides and the other side of it is that to me there's not a whole I mean there's probably more programming there than what I know but because uh, I am not a developer at all but to me it seems like that would be a small addition that would have a lot more benefits down the road because um, then you could do stuff like well I want my shield generator in this class I'm gonna put a class 3 shield generator here and then I'm going to put uh, a class 3 fuel scoop in the same slot and you could just do different things with it Mm-hmm. Well, I know, I know Shantae right now is round of uh, stating uh, implicitly in your statement. I'm not a game developer, so it's probably harder than I would think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's if I guess. 
why can't you just put that stuff in? And you're like, <laughs> guys, can we? And they're like, uh, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, it's got one of my favorite um, analogies for game design and, and game development is, um, you know, those kind of toothpick houses that people would build? They'd get like the lollipop sticks and they'd make like a house out of them out of glue. Mm-hmm. So the idea is like a game is kind of like that. When you put a game together, you've made all different parts. And whenever you add in like a new feature or something new to it, you are trying to move around these bits that are already glued in. And then you have to add a whole new section. Now, when you do that, the other half of the house falls over. Now all you've mm-hmm. done is added in a toilet, but the other half of the house is all falling mm-hmm. over. And you need to then go in and work that out. And then another part falls over. And then another part falls over, which you need to fix. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, you've got the new thing in, but it's kind of broken half dollar house while you're trying to put it in. It's me, especially with code and, and different things that I've worked in the past that can that can translate over into game design and that translate over when you try and change the smallest bit. So like, even a simple UI change, you could be like, uh, why is this not happened? <laughs> why is the why is this ship now going fire whenever it does happen? It happens so easily. Mm. Hey, can I cheat? Since I didn't cheat on last week's question, can I cheat? <laughs> no go. Do I get approval? Yeah, I kind of cheated anyway, so that's fine. All right, here's, <laughs> here's my cheat. Um, the, another thing I would like added to the game is a quality of life fix. Please, 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 Stephen, tell yeah. anyone that will on on the, the development side. Like, I can go right now to Firefox from like the 1980s, and I can click on my uh, bookmark bar. Yeah. And I can add folders and organize my bookmarks however I like. Do you know how happy commanders would be in this game if you just add it? And it's, it's not, this is not something that is stored on your side on the server. This would be stored on my side locally. Just the ability to add folders and to organize the bookmarks that I have into those folders. So if I had one folder that just said engineers and one folder that said material gathering and one folder that said Loose Screws Expedition and one folder that said, you know, Raxla Hunt and one folder. So I could have, you know, nine different, 10 folders, whatever I wanted stored locally that just had all of my bookmarks. Like you, you guys already have the ability to say bookmarks. So it's just taking that, adding folders and adding the functionality for players to put the bookmarks in whatever folder they want to customize for themselves. Do you know how many people I've, me personally, Stephen, I would fly <laughs> to Cambridge. I would buy you a beer, and I would give you sexual favors if you asked. Just saying. That's that's great. That's great. <laughs> and that's not even what what Ty and Trax would do. They could uh, probably one up me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm okay with that. Wow! Wow! You're you gonna leave all the work to the Mexican? Thanks, bro. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll uh, pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the one suggestion that he loses because he's afraid I'll fly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's like, guys, I'm being threatened. You should really pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> guys, listen to this podcast. <laughs> this is going to end in depositions. <laughs> <laughs> I never expected to go any other way. <laughs> mm. All right. So, Stephen, tell us some ideas you have. What See, not in the new era. That's not, we're not talking about that. We're talking post new era. We're talking 
not official, just crazy ideas that you have that's like, man, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't this be cool? Wouldn't whatever? What are some stuff you'd like to see in this game or even in different games, like space-type stuff? Yeah, so space-type games for me, I've, I've always been, like, I've just loved the idea of having own ship, flying about, and just doing the kind of... I mean, I've said it before, I, I love Firefly. Um, Firefly is oh. Like that idea, if I could live that kind of lifestyle where I could go collect stuff, have like that different kind of crazy lifestyle of, you know, being a kind of maverick, could you say, like a maverick out and just kind of going Mm. about and having cool fights and stuff like that. That's what I would love to see. That's that's like what's so good about Elite Dangerous. It's not World of Warcraft, you know. You're saving the princess. You're on the raid with Thrall. You're doing whatever. It's all like the big world changing shit. But Elite yeah. Dangerous is Firefly, man. It's your brown coat. You're just taking mission to mission, popping around the galaxy seemingly at random and just trying to get by to your next job. Just to put a little in the bank to cover your rebuy, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Just to try and survive next, the next bet is like a thing, isn't it? And watching you in all of your streams doing missions for the Alliance, I know you're a brown coat. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> that's, that's what I want to body. So, all right. Uh, we talked about a little gas giant stuff. Well, tell, me, tell me some things you would like to do. How about we were talking, uh, we did an interview with Plater and we talked about uh, the idea of an SSV. A submersible, a subsurface art reconnaissance vehicle. So, like, you go to a water world, you you land on a, on you know, like, let's say a water world has, uh, because you know, okay, you can't land your ship on the water. That's fine. Let's say you deploy a small platform, right? And the platform has an inflatable whatever, and it just has a little square like a landing pad. You can dock up on the landing pad, and you deploy a subsurface reconnaissance vehicle, a submarine, go mm-hmm. around in like underneath the water in a water world. And let's say you're on the ass end of the galaxy now, you know, seven kilometers deep in a Marianas trench type situation. And you're going around with your little SSRV and you're like mining nodes of like, you know, minerals and stuff underwater on the other side of the galaxy. What would you like to see with water worlds? Water worlds. Uh, well, definitely. Whenever you want, all these new kind of different stations and um, like for me, I've actually been scuba diving. Uh, I went uh, not too long ago, I went scuba diving and it was just so surreal to see everything that was happening around you and to see these like different species and to see all that stuff was just super cool. Um, so just to kind of see that, that's why I would, uh, if it was my water world time, different kind of like, so like David Amber and he's like, and here we have the dark patch, where things drip <laughs> with, and that kind of stuff, and that. Like that's what I think. All the cool stations and lights and different plant life and things that are just saving people. Right on, right on. I dig it. I, what about so when fleet carriers were first announced? Announced in junction with ice planets what uh ice planets have been sort of on hold as well and people have been sort of theorizing that they're coming in the not 
to distant future. What uh, what kind of cool stuff would you like to see done on ice plants? Uh, see, again, it's just it's the idea. You can think of it whatever you like. What would I want to see there? What would that? What would do? And it would just be super cool to see. I think sometimes you see those kind of stuff like that. Like the idea that this could be a whole planet, some of the sun that would come about due to that, you know. Um, so being able to see these really cool, um, these really cool different, I, um, it's like you know the big glaciers that are all pulled together. They all come to these like caverns and caves and everything like that. That kind of thing. That's that, that would be super cool to see, and as a kind of whole planet just of all these different caverns and. The audio as well, like the sound of the speaking of you, like hearing all the ice break and everything coming together, it's all really, really Oh, yeah. Wow. Now I'm yeah. imagining that, right? And it's like, I can, uh, uh, ice is such a cool thing, right? To render in a game world, for one thing, because it can be so beautiful. And then the sound and stuff. Now you've got me all excited. <laughs> That's so cool, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So, all right. Let's talk about just in general. Let's talk about the concept of leaks yes. in the video game world. There have been several high profile times throughout video game development history where there have been leaks that have come out about a and <clears throat> I'd like just in a general aspect for tell me how you feel because like my personal sort of read on them is like people are excited they might love the game they want to say like guys there's this this and this but like it puts the developer in a sort of super awkward situation now they're going to be held to a bunch of like if things change in the development cycle if i'm making a game and a year out like i have an idea like dude this would be cool and then in the process of trying to do it, I find, as you, you stated before, that it, it knocks down the popsicle stick house and we have to do something different. Now I'm in a position where it's, I'm being held to like account to come across with promised things that I never promised. And then like, even if I do manage to make it all work, now all people are going to go is like, oh, well, I'm not excited. I already about that before. And then, like, let's say I wanted to say, let's say there was a game that had a leak with all kinds of information about, say, two different aspects of things that are coming. And I make, as a developer, some, like, release of, like, hey, guys, this is a thing that we wanted to let you know, like, a little sizzle, get you a little hyped, a little excited. And now people are going to say, oh, well, that was from that. So, therefore, everything is confirmed. Now, like, I'm in a place where I can't say anything. Tell us yeah. a little bit your thoughts on all of that. Yeah, so I mean, the thing is, whenever you start, like, if you, if you think about anything, like you're doing up a kitchen or you're doing up, like, uh, if you're making a new product, then you, can, you go, right, this is what I want. This is, like, the top tier of the thing that I really want to happen. So I want to have uh, all these things available. I want this and the next thing. It's, like, the high-end goal. This is, this is what you really, really want to add. And a lot of the time, especially in things like game development, that anything that's, like, creatively designed or created these things can just not happen because one originally everybody thought it was doable and two everybody thought um it would be easier to do it this way or 
time constraints and everything else that we would be able to do it at this time. And that happens a lot uh, in development and, and many different products and stuff. And sometimes you end up going, changing your ideas or changing when you can do things or anything, and then it creates expectation. But as soon as leaks come out, obviously that then sets expectation that certain things need to be provided that um, that can't. One's a good example. My, uh, my dad's a joiner. He once had to, he was doing a house, he was doing an extension. Um, and what he should have really done, get one part of the house done. He wanted to get the roof finished so that it would be secure and safe and, and sorted for the rain and everything coming. But the woman was complaining so much that she never saw a difference or anything that was going on that he actually started to do a bit more interior stuff so that they could see a bit more change, um, which actually caused a lot more problems and put a lot more delays in it because they had to then make sure that it was all watertight and safe, you know, to do all that stuff. So it's the same thing for some reasons. Like, say if you were like, oh, this game is definitely going to have thing, and then it turns out that it can't have that thing because it then detracts from the main aspect of the game um, and it could really, really put back those expectations of disappointment and I think that's the big problem with leaks is that when you leak out this stuff you put the developer in a position, you put the creator in a position that they can't really come back from because it will always disappoint um, and on top of that people work really hard to bring all this stuff together and make these amazing things that they want to show off the world but because sometimes people are a bit impatient and doesn't what's available, it can really affect the, the launch of the game, the love for the game, the following of the game. So um, I think one of the things I've mentioned before is that The Simpsons, when I found out The Simpsons movie was coming out two years before it was actually released, I kind of lost interest on it. It kind of actually really detracted from my, um, my hype and my excitement for the product because I already knew it was coming two years ago and I wasn't bothered after it. So it's, it's a really difficult thing to It does, it's hard because everybody's putting their hard work into it and their, their thoughts and their feelings and, and they really want this thing to do well. And when somebody then leaks all this stuff, it can have a massive effect on security and processes and, and especially if like, you're, you're making, like say if we're making some stuff and, and somebody ends up showing it off to all these other people it can totally detract from what we were originally going to do. So I think it's a really negative impact on something you really love. Super impactive. Mm. Well said. So there's been a little bit of frustration by then the elite danger saying, well, you know, the roadmap, it was this, and, you know, this hasn't come out as fast as I wanted it, or that hasn't come out in the, in the way that I wanted it, or what have you. <clears throat> um, I'm looking at it from the aspect of there are two games that sort of were launched at about the same time that were sort of uh, the idea of them. They were conceptualized and started development uh, at, at about the same time. Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen, hmm. which... I think should be renamed as for like for me, I refer to it Astro Comrade. Until they actually release a game, I'm not giving it. That's just me. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> two separate conceptual ideas. And arguably, when you look at it, uh, at least as it was originally announced, in, uh, Elite Dangerous was by far 
the more ambitious of the two projects. Now, subsequent to the original conceptualization and Kickstarter game, Star Citizen has sort of become this just ever-expanding ball of ambition of, we're going to include this and we're going to include that. And to the, to the just silly extent of now they're doing, you know, you get power-ups from foods. Some like you eat this food and it's going to make your, give you a bonus to a buff to whatever. Like, yeah. um, but looking at these two sort of compete, not competing, but these two similar concepts that were launched at about the same time, Elite Dangerous sort of took, to my mind, they sort of took the idea of starting big and working its way down to the extent of we're going to start with, you know, 400 billion, you know, stars and galaxies and blah, 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 or uh, star systems and yada, yada, yada. And then it's, they have said, okay, we're going to put out the original product and then we're going to iterate on that product to sort of bring the scale of the universe down like more minute to give you like some of the nitty gritty details, including, uh, you know, one thing that was on the original roadmap that people have been sort of suspecting for a while is the idea of, you know, elite feet or whatever space legs, whatever you call it. So <clears throat> elite has started big, iterated, put out a product, which is very important to note and then iterated to try to sort of now sort of bring that more granular, bring it down to the, 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 you know, all of these more minute experiences within the game to get the day-to-day game experience. Star Citizen on the other side sort of started very, very, very small. And they're, like I said, just they're getting all of this mission creep. They're getting all of this bloat of like, oh, we're going to add this and we're going to add that. We're going to add this. And it should be also noted they're in whatever year five or six of their their beta. Mm without without a product launch so just with regard to like people that are frustrated like we're not getting enough we're getting this or we're not getting that to me when i look at these two products side by side uh you know elite and i'm not trying to denigrate star citizen by any extent i am a huge fan of what they're trying to do and wish them well and when they come out with a product i fully intend to buy it hopefully it'll be good i'm rooting for it but for those people that express frustrations with like that things aren't moving as fast as they would, do you ever like just look at the two of these side by side and scratch your head and say, hey guys, we're putting out, we put out a game and we're continuing to put out more stuff. These guys over there got 9 million times the funding we got and <laughs> you're still got a beta to show for. Yeah. Like, you know, what do you think about that? So I think, I think game development really is such an amazing piece. I mean, it can be done in so many different ways. Like you said, we, we took one approach where, you know, we started huge and brought that in and, and they're going in and out. And both of these things are designed to bring joy and a sense of fulfillment. That's what these games are for. It's like the idea that we want to do this realistic galaxy and, and have this universe to share with you. It's, and and they, they're doing something similar. And obviously they're doing it in a way um, and I would never, obviously, whenever you compare two two products together, you would, you would definitely see that elite are quite similar. 
but you've got to realise that both of them bring different things. And one of David's main focuses with with Elite is this realism. We want the agency to be based on one to one of our galaxies, one possible, but obviously with a bit of gamification to make it more fun. And, uh, not that our galaxy would travel about, but to make it more player perspective, um, which is what you've got to do when you make a game. Um, whereas like Star Citizen's obviously more like kind of ambitious idea of these cool spaceships in the galaxy and different stuff. And that's you see that with a lot of different products. It's just what they offer and the different approaches that they have. Now the thing about it is like you said, they've got a lot of funding, so they've still been a success that they can I think like all both games being MMOs, both thing that we want is to basically make our game for as long as possible, bring as much joy to the player as long as we can. I think to the, the fact that we can both do that, not necessarily in some people's perspective the best way, um, but the way that we both decided to do it is that we've got some amount of success to be where they are today, which I think is amazing. Mm. Nice. That was that was wonderfully diplomatic and true. <laughs> it was. It, it was both things. It was well both done. Things. <laughs> You're good at your job, sir. Thank you very much. Mm. You know, somebody should hire people. you to be a community manager. <laughs> Have you ever thought about doing this to make a living? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I don't know. Some people say I've got. I'll have just call me a loud mouth golf shite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think this kid's going places. Watch, keep keep a, keep a look. <clears throat> so, what about the concept? What do you think about the idea? Um, so, there's a lot of people that want more. Give me more, 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 faster, more. Give me, give me space lanes. Give me base building. Give me. I want more ships. I want more SRVs. I want more SLFs. I want atmospheric landing. I want underwater scuba diving. I want a basket weave. I want to I want to be smoking onion head from the side of a mountain on my ice ski. You know, people want more, 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 more. And obviously there's, you know, from a company standpoint, there's a realistic uh sort of viewpoint that you have to take of like, we have this much budget, we have this many people, we can provide this much changes to a product within this time period you know what do you think to the idea of because you know uh horizon sort of came out a year after the initial launch and was another nice little chunk of added funding company what do you think about the idea of like the company maybe putting out just like every year here's a new expansion and it's like it might not be as big or as ambitious as an expansion of like okay we've waited three years four years and we put out this magic you know this 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 big you know bundle of stuff what about the idea of the company just getting a nice hit of revenue every year from people it's like okay this year we put out you know fleet carriers Ice planets, two new SRVs, and uh, a new SLF variant, and a, and a ship, and like boom, that's a year's worth. And here, give, you know, because th- for me, it's like shut up and take my money. I'll give you another forty quid. I'll give you fifty quid. I'll give you. I don't know whatever money system you guys are working on. I'll get. I'll give you three yeah, guineas, okay. two farthings, and a duck. Like, <laughs> just <clears throat> what about the idea of sort of putting out every year 
new sort of season and then getting that extra sort of revenue stream while you put out, uh, you know, sort of more manageable chunks of new content. Yeah. So, I mean, just I think that a really important thing is that this is um, obviously to do with kind of production stuff like that. Whenever you've product, the big thing that you want to do is maintain things, but because you've got an overhead. So we have to obviously pay our employees, make sure that whatever they're working on is, is obviously they have to eat and sleep, you know, and I quite like to, to afford and make sure that I can have enough for beer and my, my chippies, my dinners and stuff, you know, my munchie boxes, as I said at the start. So yeah, <laughs> when people are this idea, they're like more and more and more and more. It's, it all comes down to the idea of we we want this we want Elite Dangerous to, to last for lifetimes and to keep going and to bring you more stuff. But then it does come down to the idea of we need to make sure that we can afford that. We need to make sure that the stuff that we're we're going to bring um, stays with the with the the original vision. You know, doesn't detract. Mm-hmm. So it's like say for instance, everybody was like, "Oh, I really want um, dinosaurs because you've worked on Jurassic World Evolution. We want." Dinosaurs and zoo pens on mm-hmm. on certain planets. You know, if, say if everybody wanted that, would would we then bring that into Elite Dangerous? That kind of tracks from what Elite Dangerous really stands for, and originally is is a is designed to be about. So, would we add that? Not sure, but um, might make a new game that has that. Um, and then we realise, let's say, if nobody wants to play Elite Dangerous anymore. It's how, how much more money and time do you put into that? when we could be making other things or do we keep a little dangerous going and see how we can rejuvenate it and bring it back it's it's all about that and i think we're just i love working on elite dangerous because as a community grant manager you all are amazing to do stuff for because you're i've said that many times the community is so passionate you get the passionate people from frustration and you get the passionate people out of love and, and admiration as well and having those people is really important for me. So if there's ways that we can keep people playing and keep people involved in the universe, I would love to do it. Um, but at the same time, that's my decision is very selfish because I'm about keeping keeping the community that I, I enjoy being with. And um, obviously other people might go, well, money in monetary circumstances and daytime standards, we can't afford to keep it going. And these are all kind of situations. But the idea of if, if, see, if we were like, you know what? Every year we want to just bring out new, really cool things, really dangerous. Small, every, see, if we were like, we want to do this every couple of months, we want to add this to the game or do this to the game, and people were happy to keep that going. I don't have to see why it would be a bad idea. It's a great game. It should go for as long as it can. Yeah, man. For sure. But but where the development goes is going to guide that, is what I'm hearing from you, more than just like, we want to put something out every single year. You know, if if you if it worked out to do that, then you guys would be real happy. And if it wasn't ready or the feature didn't match, then that's when you would pull it back or that's when the company would pull it back instead yeah. of being this committed is- to a, t- a schedule more than just to the game itself. Yeah, and we have so many talented designers, producers who work on this. They've done it for a long time. Like, uh, they know what's best for the game. They know they they speak about it constantly and try and work out what the next thing we should do with Elite is. What's what would people what would people love? And that's what we get to do. Is that's the fun part. Of my job is actually you guys love this stuff. So, so say for instance, a hypothetical one would be: Do you know what, guys? We're 
we are not going to be giving you anything else. We've just decided that we're going to stick with what we've got, but we're now going to actually create a, a, a narrative, an actual narrative gameplay. We're just going to put a wee story in there that should last for about six months for the year and see if everybody wanted that. It'd be amazing. Like Everybody would love it and it would go down great. But other people could be like, no, I only want new content. So we then have to manage what's going to be the best thing to keep people enjoyed in the game and and just from my aspect look the amount of gameplay that i get from this game is such that i I would i I want the opportunity to give you more money i want to give you more money (laughs) more people so that you give me back more stuff yeah yeah (laughs) it's a good it's a good model that's the thing it's like we we know we have a um, amazing community who who just want more, but then we have to think in the long run as like how um, how feasible is that? You know, our feasibility comes in, um, and the, would, what you you would hate it if we just went, uh, which has happened with a lot of games. Like if you think, say for instance, um, in the sense of Halo, when Halo went from three four three to um, oh, who did they go over to? Who's, who's on the? No, it was the right from Bungie two three four three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I went the wrong way round. People love the Halo games; they're so passionate about it. But then, when three four three got their own kind of stint on it, they they stayed true to a lot of what Halo was, but they added in a whole new species and race and everything else. And a lot of people and some of the some of the additional modules used to to actually do special powers and stuff. A lot of people just didn't like that. They just liked the simplicity and the originality of it that was Halo, um, which doesn't mean that 343 is a bad job, but a lot of people didn't like the way things changed um, and they liked it in a certain way. So we always need to make sure that it's it goes, the decisions that we make are, are held best by by the product and by the people and make sure that everybody who who, who, who gets involved in Elite Dangerous will have the best time that they can you know, with what the experience we want to provide. I'm hearing that you feel like Frontier and the community are playing for the same team. And I know I feel that way. And, uh, you know, if we all can keep that in mind, we'll all be a lot happier. No, we are going for the same goal. We want the community and the game to be healthy. Yeah. And we're all playing for that team. Yeah, 100%. Like, we, we, we love seeing you guys. One of the best things about this game is the community that's came out from it and the dedication. And if we can do things to, to, we obviously, I mean, I'd love to sit there and go, guys, we're going to be doing X, Y, and Z every single week, every single stuff. But it's, can we physically do that? Will that break anything? Will that affect any future plans? Will that hamper anything? Do you know what that, is that, is that, you know, is that a question? And obviously like, this is not, to do, but it's that question that some developers get when it goes to, you know, should we change? from a free-to-play model and charge for additional stuff? Or should we keep it at a set-based price? That's a big decision, and that's normally dictated um, solely on you know, overheads, costs, and content that can be made. How can we, how can we stay afloat? And that's, that's a lot of, lot of how the decision's made. It's not, it's, not, it's not as easy as people go, I want this. <laughs> it's got a lot of thinking about to, to actually come to these decisions. Mm. Yeah, no, 100%. I get it, 100%. So going forward with this, after sort of the new era drops and <clears throat> sort of the backlog of 
development is cleared and sort of any of the things that people have dealt with as far as like uh like leaks or anything like that uh do you feel like in the post new era uh the game is going to be in a place where you guys as the community management team are going to be sort of are able to be open with sort of details and stuff on things do you think like after we reset this we can get to a place where um we can just sort of open up a little more with regard to sharing share things yeah so i mean like the way that we kate we try and be as open and honest as we can without affecting the overall product and without affecting the overall kind of vision that would happen because i mean if we if we just told you everything that was going on constantly all the time um people would be really upset because they would be like oh that would be cool if we'd like because there's a way obviously as a as with our publishing team as well and with our, our many great skilled workers we have like you know you think about um the way a lot of games release really cool games uh, re- re- release uh, some of the really cool titles a lot of people go right we're going to this big event and see everybody goes to this big event we we show it worldwide and we do stuff like that some people do smaller events some people do easter eggs where you know you get to a point and if you get to that point you can then you then basically get the the told that this new thing's coming you know a lot of people really love those those wee snippets of details rather than being told mm. up front so we do try and really concentrate on what we can tell people and we try and make sure that we tell you as much as we can in the best way that we can without ruining anything for you so we kind of do this this all for years and obviously once the the new era uh, and everything else comes out it'll definitely we'll be able to talk about more stuff around that but then if once the new era comes when there's more content to come with that we're going to in the same way manage the way that we tell this information because obviously we're we're all professionals um, in what we do, and we know that it's the best way to to announce this stuff is to to make sure that you guys get the information that will give you the most out of it. You know, nobody wants to be told straight away that something's coming or something isn't coming um, all the time. And sometimes it is the best way to do it as well. Sometimes it's good to see things and link them up, or you know, do certain things in a different in a certain way to, to bring it all together. So it's all planned. It is all planned. Yeah. Well, I dig. I like the the Monday streams you guys do. Honestly, I I mean, I would say even just ditch the idea of gameplay so much in the Monday streams because I love the transition that you guys have made to sort of more of a fireside chat. It's just like, hey, we're going to talk about what's going on in the, you know, the Thursday streams are more playing. We're doing a thing. We've got an event. We've got a commander. We've got a, and I, I love, love, love the dev streams or, whatever yeah so much i would so much love to see um get dr k ross in for a sit down we all love dr k and and we're super super excited that she's you know she is uh staying with second i know so 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 are we yeah it's a really hard decision but i'm gonna have to do it okay and then like a week later she's like i'm staying and i'm like why are you playing with my emotions like this 
I had thought that you know, obviously, she's got some medical situations that that uh, that that are are happening, and I thought that basically, maybe what happened was behind the scenes, FDev reached out and said, "Hey, we can help accommodate by working around whatever." And you know, I, I not to get into details because that's not we don't want to get into people's personal life and 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 a company's you know business decisions because you don't want to set precedents that put them in an awkward spot in future, but just if there was something like that and there's something was reached out and accommodation was made, then big love to frontier, big love to K Ross. Cause yeah. like, yeah, for sure. Man. I mean, that's but, one of the big things that is, is quite important about the companies. The companies vary. I mean, they obviously K Ross has been here for about seven years or something. It was uh, five years. I can't remember exactly yeah. how long. She's been with the company for a long time. And Basically, we really, really value her expertise and our knowledge and our understanding because she is very, very talented. Um, so, but sometimes, like even, uh, I mean, I, from 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 my perspective of, of talking with Kay, like I think the decision was uh, like you always make those decisions. I mean, I might not be at Frontier forever, and it might just be because I want to try something new or go somewhere mm-hmm. else or, or something like that. And I think her decision obviously being her own was you know i'm doing this i think the company respect that and they they just basically said like we'll obviously do anything that we can to keep you and um uh, especially sometimes just people want a change in life and yeah. could, could have been anything like that so the, the the that's like you said it's it's really great to see a company that goes no we really value you so no matter what we do we'd love to give it yeah but the monday streams the fireside yeah. chats that you just do i love those um, and would love to see more sort of interesting things. Like we talked about with like, uh, give us a, give us a, a snapshot of a day in the life of a community manager and, you know, or something. Yeah. I, I, I love the, that kind of communication and I'm looking forward to hopefully future. Um, just start, start doing webcams with me. Like, hey, well, yeah, man. The Truman <laughs> show of me walking about in a day to yeah, no. yeah, yeah. We'll get you a hat with a, <laughs> one of those uh, GoPros on the baseball cap. Yeah, yeah. And you can just like walk around and show you with the munchie box, and then <laughs> that, that. just Mondays with Stephen. That's it. <laughs> there you go. There but you no, go. That's I, awesome. I, I just want to just clarify that when it comes to the Monday live streams, like we do this thing, we do these things so that on Monday that we can really communicate with the community and talk to the community, and that's mm. the main focus of these things. So, of course, have there any ways that are any ideas that people? would like us to do them we're always up for, for chatting about them and, and obviously we don't want to spend we, we want to spend the Thursday live streams kind of showing you stuff like like we said like the discovery scanners the galactic intern things like we're on the community and, and our Monday ones are just focused on chat so if there's if there's ways that we can we can do that with, with the community we're always happy to adapt and, and to try out new things and make sure that we give you the best uh, the best I was a show but you know the best connected the best way that we can connect with you as possible that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Wonderful. All right. So last thing, I know we got to wrap up way too much of your last no, thing. No, Steven, okay. design for me the next SR. Give me some idea or, or five. I don't care if you were like, I got, I want this one and this one and this one. If you just want to go, if you just want to go, you know, balls deep on one idea, what do I like a, like a speeder bike or like a minor? Like, come on. So yeah, I mean, I've got two. Uh, I think one of like a more highly fast pace because because of one I, I love the racing even though I'm I love the, I love the racing but also I love the idea of uh, you know this kind of pod racing kind of style again big Star Wars fan so if I could ever find a way to do pod racing 
and in the league. That would be so much fun. It'd be awesome. So mm. I think a more um, fast-paced SRV would be Ace. Uh, and Swiss. That's what was the other one. A kind of underground one. To get a bit more like proper mine where you could actually get a kind of go under the surface and maybe like you said before do like a mini game where you could go about and actually get like bored and, and get it and stuff like that and drill in and drill deep so okay. like one of those Elon Musk the boring company like a big kind of a mole type uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. digs through yeah. burrows exactly one of those exactly <laughs> nice what about how about let me let me just try to plant one in your brain and have you maybe take it back and infect FDev with it <laughs> what about like BattleTech type mechs as an SRV? Like you got a, a big lumbering sort of humanoid shaped or different type of shape, like couple legs, whatever. And they start off with like, hey, they're doing mining stuff. They're they're pulling lines over and helping build up stuff for mines or whatever. You know, mining for whatever. But then you know the the universe being the universe, it's going to take all of about five minutes before someone slaps some guns on that sucker and starts shooting each other. <laughs> yeah, so I'll definitely when I when I, I'll try to start to have a coffee next day. Eventually, we hopefully get back into the office, and uh, and I'll see if I can just bring that up in conversation. <laughs> Beautiful. Casually drop it. Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'm tapping out. I I Stephen, honestly, I could talk to you for hours, but I. We gotta let you go. Guys, what what do you, what have you got? I've had so much fun. Um this is this is the first interview I've been able to join for and I'm so glad that it was uh, tons of fun and, and I've I feel I feel awesome now. I feel awesome. I feel so community managed. <laughs> That's the goal. Wow. Wow, Trax has been smoking <laughs> All right, Papa Ty, bring it home. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for joining us and um, everything that kind of happened um, over the last few weeks in regards to, uh, you know, Kai and regards to uh, Jello and all that. I, I know we've communicated, I think me and you've communi- communicated a little bit about certain things and yeah. uh, I know you and Kai have communicated about certain things. I just want to say thank you uh, for helping our community the way you did and, um, you know, thank you for everything that you do for the community uh, at Loose Screws. And thank you for everything you do for uh, the elite community as a whole, because I've never been, I, I, I've played WoW for 15 years. I've never, I, I was a main tank of a, a guild for 10. And while we did meetups and stuff, it's it's a, we were really tight in the guild, but outside of that, we didn't really communicate with people because it's such a toxic community and you don't have the level of toxicity here in elite. And it's kind of a breath of fresh air for me. And I truly believe it's because number one, the people that's in it. And number two, the people that manage it are good people and are putting good things out there. And, you know, um, to the ones that come before you and the ones that come after you, I hope that they, take the things that you do. I, I know you've taken the things that have, the people that have come before you, I know you've built on that. And I hope the people who come after you, they build on that as well. So uh, what you do right now is a legacy in the game world. And thank you for what you do very much. Oh, that's really, that was really nice. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. 
And I think that's going to wrap it for us, gentlemen. Um, thank you for joining us again, Stephen. I really can't thank no, you. No, thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking being able to come and sit and have a have a chin wag and a chat with you guys and, and really get to get to speak to you um, properly for the first time. It's been really awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Right on. Thank so you. this interview is going to be dropped on Monday. So in two days from now, Stephen, give a uh, give a nice little uh, how you do oh seven whatever to the community when they hear this on. Monday. Um, so just you want to say how's it going? Sure. Uh, uh, so, hi guys, uh, tune in to The Screws. I am Stephen Bede, new manager on Elite Dangerous, and I'm here with these awesome dudes talking about some great things. Uh, so, we'll sit with you.